Hello, hello. How goes? It goes well. Sorry, I'm late. I confusion and mass hysteria here today. So. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. That's all right. Nothing too too important. Just Lisa. I don't know what she's doing. She she uh, attempted to um, attempted to do something on her computer, mm-hmm. and she succeeded in t- making her computer un- inaccessible to herself, and also the keyboard not work. Oh. So we couldn't do anything. We were like locked out of it. We couldn't put in any oh. kind of passwords or anything. And so it took a while. We finally figured out that there's a little reset uh, reset button on one side that you can push in with like a paperclip or a tele- one of those telephone thingies used for getting your, uh, you know, your, your card out for your whatever, the SIM card out. Right. But, so, yeah, so we did that and then we we're able to get into the back door, I guess. And then we went to system recovery and I just thought the best thing to do was just to like, let's take a step back to the day, to yesterday. <laughs> let's reset everything to yesterday and then, you know, erase all the changes that have happened in a day. So, so that got everything back to normal and, and the, uh, and everything was working. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Sorry. Sorry. You had stress. Yeah. It took us a while to figure it out. It's one of those things where you just, what is going it's, on? It's annoying. Yeah. When computers go wrong, it's uh, <laughs> very, very annoying. Yes. Yes, no. Not all of us are a Thomas Middleditch like nerd who can like quickly in a TV show quickly figure out what's wrong with the computer while being yeah. while being sarcastic while they do it. It's like in the old days where your donkey would die, and I was like, well, "What am I gonna do?" <laughs> That's right. Well, your donkey's sick, but you don't know what why it's sick. Yeah, then you gotta try and reboot your donkey somehow. And that's like a computer now. It's like a sick donkey sometimes, and we don't yeah. we don't know what to do. We're just as lost as anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, and then all all this last week, we we our internet has been ter- was terrible, was absolutely terrible, and then got worse, and then it just turned off, and then it was mm. that was the most terrible part. <laughs> so, and then we called, I called the uh, Telus last night, and and I was you know I was I was trying to get it fixed, and you know either we our our modems downstairs. So I was running up and down. I don't know why I was running up and down the stairs, but I was running up and down the stairs. Oh, I guess because I was going upstairs to make sure see if the internet was working. So I mm. go downstairs, I would reboot the router, then I go back upstairs, and then it wasn't working. And then, then they'd fill, fill around in there, and then they'd send me back downstairs again. And then I had to do like a, a factory reset, as they called it. And then I did that, and then and that didn't work. And so then they were going to send a technician today. And then I got a call in the morning, and they're like, oh, it turns out it's an area-wide problem. And so we're just sending a technician to fix, to replace something. And I was like, oh, I guess I was the only one complaining then? I don't quite understand yeah, why I didn't, yeah. didn't notice. <laughs> or are they just treating everyone else's similar problem as, as not a as not a, a example of some problem with the Wouldn't system? Wouldn't that be weird to find out that no one else in your neighborhood has the internet? <laughs> and just like, just, yeah, we never really, eh, not really interested. We're not nerds. That was our, ex- like, yeah. That's been our excuse, though. Like, for the last week was, well, I guess everyone's on the internet tonight. That's why we can't get, you know, into... Uh, Netflix or whatever, because we just couldn't access any streaming. Like no- nothing would stream for me. So, so yeah, I have I have no uh, I have no uh, Dark Shadows this week because I couldn't stream any any uh, Dark Shadows while I was working. Well, I'm gonna disappoint that uh, <laughs> listener that wrote in. <laughs> the one listener who's been enjoying it. Well, you no, know, you gotta no, you gotta give it to. Wrote in about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's you don't the, write in about everything. Like that's, anyway, yeah, you know. that's my gauge. Just that one. <laughs> so yeah, it was a, it was kind of weird. And then, well, yeah, then the guy called this morning and said, no one is, oh, sorry, no one's going to come now. So your appointment's been canceled. And so Lisa had 
was had gone into town to visit a friend and and on on the understanding that she had to be back home at three because the technician was coming to to look at the the problem and then they phoned me in the morning and i'm like oh okay well that's no problem so i, I wrote her you know i said don't worry no problem they're not coming and then at about 3 30 i get this a phone call while i'm having my break oh this is a telus technician i'm just gonna i'm just coming to look at your problem i'm like uh, what <laughs> so, so then i was like well uh we were told that it was canceled and he said oh i'm just gonna come and i'll just be working outside just to make sure everything's working so <laughs> i'm like okay and then he's like could you send me your the name of your network and your password which i did and then i was then i wrote to him and said well i sure hope you're actually a telus protection because i've just given away the farm but, <laughs> but he was so that was all right okay okay so yeah it's uh what a week what a week yeah it's just yeah. weird it's hard when you can't because, yeah, so then, like, I didn't get listening party up this morning, which normally it drops faithfully at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time um, every every second Thursday. But this morning was a no-go because uh, I could not um, get it to upload last night. So, yeah, life. It's um, I'm um, glad it's better yeah. now. Well, life is better than any other, than any other alternative, so I'm okay with everything that's yeah, going we on. Know, you know, there might be paradise. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. That's true. It's a, such a it's such a huge gamble. I don't I don't see the point of like going too early, you know. Uh, yeah, well, I give you that. I'll give you that much. Sure. That sounds fine. Yeah. Yeah. Stick around. If you were like on a plane and it was mm-hmm. going to crash. Okay. And you had no parachute, then some people just opted to jump out of it. On the off chance that they would like land in a hay hay stack and survive, I think I would just stick stick it out to the very bitter end, you know. What if you were going to crash into heaven? <laughs> well, what does that mean? I don't know. It's heaven. You're <laughs> going to crash into heaven. It's like, well, that's pretty good. But I mean, heaven is that off chance that you're going to land in a hay bale or a haystack or maybe in someone's swimming pool. Right. Like that is that is heaven, right? That's the off. That is the that you know, one in a million chance that maybe there is some some sort of like good thing at the at the other end of, of life. Whereas I think I would prefer just to sort of cling cling to life, even though I know that this plane is inevitably going to crash. I don't see any reason to like rush to discover whether or not there's a haystack to land in or not. Okay, well, because that haystack could be there at the very last possible minute. You know, I could. So we both agree to live through this podcast. <laughs> exactly. All I'm, right, I'm calling good. off the suicide pact. Is what I'm saying. We got to Yeah, we got to make it to 500 at the very least. Yeah, let's do that. And let's okay. let's start the show. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And if you're uh, keeping track, uh, then, uh, oh, no, no, this is absolutely wrong, what it's saying at the top of my page. Uh, it is uh, episode 486, though, yeah. though mm-hmm. if I'm looking on my computer, yeah. uh, I'm looking at our Sneaky Dragon webpage, and the Sneaky Dragon webpage says uh, 485, episode 485 was the last episode that's up there, but... What? Okay, it sounds like you just fell off your chair. Oh, no, I was just opening a drawer. Sorry. Okay, it sounds good. Fell <laughs> in. Uh, all right. I know you like to do the show from inside a drawer. I'm sorry <laughs> to mention that. Please don't judge me. But on the little tab at the top of my page, yeah. it says uh, last episode was episode 480. Oh, sorry, 585. Oh, that's it? 
Yeah, that's that for some reason. So I, apparently, I was obsessing about episode uh, five hundred. Uh-huh. So uh, I was just like, "Oh, we missed our five hundredth episode." Yeah, we did. Okay, well, uh, for one thing, the pressure's off now. It's true. Uh, but now the pressure's really on for that six hundredth episode. Oh okay. my gosh, that's coming up again. You know what? I'm going to push it forward. I'm going to go 785 for the next 786 for the next next one we do. Sell, sell, <laughs> sell. There you go. Oh, um, uh, Dave, how, how you were before the show? You were telling me you're having a rough internet week yeah. of uh, poor signals. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, not able to get your uh, you know your feed. Uh, and uh, the other people in your neighborhood apparently are going through the same thing, but they were all mum for the whole week. Or maybe, I maybe I am a Talus Island in the middle of a Shaw Ocean. A Shaw, because oh, that's that that's the rival email or a rival internet company. Mm. And so maybe people are all Shaw customers, and they're like, "It's working fine for us." Although it didn't work fine about six years ago now, when a crow flew into a, a telephone pole on the street. Uh, where you know, right on the corner of our our cul-de-sac in the street that it, we turned out onto, with a ginormous pop, it uh, blew up in this uh, box on on a telephone pole, and it destroyed all the electricity in about a two-block radius. And they did not come and fix it for about three days, no, even though everyone was calling. Yeah. <laughs> and then they finally came to fix it because there was some sort of battery that was an emergency battery for Shaw cable subscribers and it was running down and so uh, they came to repair it then it didn't matter that the rest of us like we're all losing our food and our freezers and stuff like that now that was fine don't worry about that but shaw customers are being inconvenienced by the fa- or shaw the company was being inconvenienced by the do you think when the crow got to crow heaven <laughs> uh the other crows just high-fived it yeah yeah for causing so much chaos and also yeah. for probably making your food rot so you'd have to throw out your food, and the crows are like, "Hey, <laughs> good work, food. good." So yeah. working out for us. Good job. Sacri- and, uh, sacrifice for crow kind. And then, of course, it's the thing of like, you're in crow heaven. Do you get an extra set of wings? How does it work? Are you now like uh, you got four wings? It's weird. <laughs> you don't know what it's what it's like. And are you are you still all in black, or do they give you a little white robe? You're confused. In crow heaven, they give you legs, mm. so you can just walk around. Yeah, I don't even want to think about Crow Heaven. Those guys are into some weird shit. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's let's stop talking about I feel that. like there's gonna be a buffet of eyeballs or something. Yeah. It's like mm, I don't sure. wanna be I'm, around this I'm not situation. Gonna, I'm not gonna judge. Uh I was watching um I was watching a, a, a movie this uh, this week. Um <laughs> really? Yeah, from nineteen seventy five. Okay. Uh, and it's the George uh, Siegel because he passed away. Yeah. Uh, 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 really uh, a good actor. Uh, it's the film Russian Roulette. Have you heard about that film? Is that the film that was filmed in Montreal? It was the film that was filmed in Vancouver, British Columbia. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. I, okay. So someone falls off the, the Hotel Georgia or sorry, Hotel Vancouver? Hotel Vancouver at the very end, it's like the big climactic scene. Mm. George Segal's got a sniper rifle. He's on the Hotel Vancouver. Like he climbs out one of the little windows on the very, very top. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then there's another guy who's also trying. It's confusing what they're actually trying to do, the bad guys. (laughs) Here's though how. One of those movies. First of all, let, let me just say though, every bit of action they have at the end, like it's not that action packed a movie mm-hmm. by any means, but it's got a great scene at the beginning and it's got a really good scene at the end. And the scene at the end is them on that roof, like tr- sliding down the roof. 
And yeah. you're like, geez. And if you know the hotel, you're like, yeah. this is terrifying. Yeah. You know, it's like legitimately oh, stunts. And I'm like, I know it was like 75. And and he passed away today. He's fine. Like, I know he lived a lot of time <laughs> in between. It's not, it's not I, really. And it wasn't even him doing all this stuff, by the way. Oh, of course not. But, yeah. but he did enough. Yeah. Like, it was him climbing out of a window and then cutting to someone because it was the 70s. Yeah. And, you know, life was, you know, eh, whatever. We'll get another George Seagal. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but it's pretty good. And then there's, like, some good action at the end. So I would say watch the action at the end. But the um, but the beginning, yeah. the villain is a Russian villain. Okay, and so he's uh, it, that tracks. Yeah, by, by the name. If he was Swedish, it would seem strange. Yeah. Uh, so he's a he's a he's a bad guy, and here's how they show you he's a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, he's come. He's walking down Vancouver Street, uh, and uh, and it all takes place in Vancouver. It's not pretending to be anything. That's not Vancouver. There's okay. a band at the beginning with Vancouver on the drum. It's and he's a just disgraced. Royal Canadian Mountain Police Officer, George Segal. Is he um, really? Oh, this is yeah. this movie sounding more and more interesting. Well, it's on Tubi, so check her out. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, Russian roulette. Um, so uh, if you can stand a couple of commercials, enjoy. Uh, but the opening is, so this guy, and he looks like your typical Russian guy you'd get, you know, kind of big guy, you know, balding, glasses, older guy. And he's got a shopping bag. Uh, of course, it's a paper shopping bag. It's the 70s. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Sure, sure. And he's got a copy of Playboy sticking out of it. So like, ah, he's a creep. <laughs> okay, I got you. So he's yeah. walking down the street, and some Canadian, good Canadian kids are playing uh, road hockey. They're playing road hockey. So they're road hockey along. And then they, they hit the puck, which is a, a an orange ball. Exactly. Hard orange plastic they've, ball. They've got it so right here. Yeah, it was dead on. You're just like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it goes over to him and he grabs the ball. Yeah. And, and, and he's just staring at the kids and they're staring back. And he's like, come on, mister. Give us back our ball. <laughs> and he's like, sure, sure, sure. And he just turns and whips the ball through a window. Through a person's window. And so the person comes out going, you kids! And then the guy just walks down the street, and now those kids are in trouble, and the kids are scattering. And it's like, oh, oh. he ruined their road hockey game in Canada. He is a oh, villain. He's Whatever happens to that guy for the rest of the movie, you're fine. You're fine with it. And stuff does happen to him. Um, but yeah, it was like, <laughs> that was just such a great way of setting up. That guy's the villain. He yeah, ruined yeah. a road hockey game. Yeah. In Canada for these kids, and the kids look exactly like Canadian kids back then. It's it's dead on, it's bang on. Yeah. It's also very fun just seeing Vancouver back then. Yeah, it makes me very it makes me kind of that little kind of heart heart sore when you see that kind of. Uh... I don't know if you okay. First of all, you'd like it because uh, traffic's less. That's sure. why I like it. <laughs> yeah, but it does seem a lot of uh, ew, like a little. Uh, Rough and tumble. Oh, come on, the whole seventies felt. If we watch any seventies movie, it feels kind of. Yeah, you're not. You're not wrong. Oh, and uh, his main contact. I'm trying to remember the name of the of the fella, but he's the guy that gives um, uh, Indiana Jones his assignments. Do you know what I'm talking about? The British guy, Denholm Elliott. Uh, yeah, Denholm Elliott. That's right. He's he's in there, and he's but he's like a little bit of a you know low end fella. Who's with high end uh, ideal, not ideals, but <laughs> high end aspirations? I see, I see. Who's a fancy man who wants you to buy him a beer? Mm. You know, he's that mm. kind of guy. And okay. He's very happy when he gets a nice Chinese food meal. So, oh, it's fancy. <laughs> from, from, um, a, from a buffet, I hope. That's very, that'd be very authentically Vancouver. 
Um, there, I think actually it's from the the Ho Ho. Oh, 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 I went there for yeah, quite a few oh, times. on Pender, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you'll get to see what that looked like back then. That's kind of neat. So there's a bunch you of that what? kind of stuff. I bet you it looked exactly the same when I went there in the 80s. Uh, probably. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah. And that's the kind of stuff, yeah, that I was nostalgic for as well. It was a popular um, place to go to after uh, Lions games. The Rojos, mm, yeah. And the RCMP headquarters is a, a building that's on Jericho Beach that I shot um, a sketch. Uh, my sister-in-law and I shot a uh, a sketch there with mm. my friend Toby about uh, like a Hamlet sketch where I played Hamlet's dad. So it's that same building, uh, and that's RCMP headquarters, and it's quite the same there. <laughs> so yeah. a, little, a little bit, a little bit of fancifulness there, since the R- RCMP have have do not uh, even in the seventies were not uh, the police force in Vancouver. No, it's uh, and and the thing is, you know, his boss he got in trouble for punching his boss in the face. You don't know why, but you're like, yeah, of course you did. Course, yeah. yeah, of course you did. There's a lot of that, and this, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's kind of Russian villains that you'd see, I think, in a Rockford Files episode, huh. like about that. You would generally think like that level of threat. Sure, you know, they will shoot you eventually, but they'll take a long time, and they're not going <laughs> to torture you. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to do anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I'd say uh, give it a look. I yeah. will. I will. I will. I mean, I, you could make the same complaint i think about um the french connection is that it's there's a, a lot of downtime in that movie oh yeah except for that really famous chase through through the city and bullet too is the same i mean oh yeah if you took very... out the car chase in that movie it is one long one long movie there's a scene where uh, uh some something's being printed that's right there's a, a telex long... the telex yeah, the telex <laughs> yes. it's being printed no i mean in this movie oh in this uh, movie too oh, okay for a long time, <laughs> you know, on that paper with the holes and the eh, yeah. eh, 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 and it's like, ugh. Is it yeah, supposed to be? Is that supposed to be like ratcheting up tension, or is it just, just to show like the tedium of 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 the of what they're doing? Or it feels like they have some time to kill in this movie. Okay, okay. Like time for a pretty girl to watch uh, a printing thing print, <laughs> and maybe people are going, "Wow, look at the printer!" Yeah, jeez. Printing? Man, it's so it's neat. It's 2D. It's 75. We're very impressed by this. <laughs> yeah. And it's directed by Lou Lombardo. So, you know, it's basically directed uh, in a way that a guy named Lou Lombardo would direct. <laughs> that sounds kind of clumsily. Yeah. There's one scene where uh, the, the, the guy who's the creep uh, is going to go take a bath. And, uh, and he's got his Playboy magazine, but... He doesn't go with the Playboy magazine for this for some reason. Uh, or Playboy is very different in the 70s than I remember. But he, but he takes this uh, pinup out of like a pretty lady in a pinup. It's a black and white pinup. And he puts it at the end of the tub, like above the taps. And you're just like, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, what's this about? Like, what's the story here? Do you really want to know? I guess I sort of generally get where this is going, mm-hmm. but I've never seen this. Yeah. And like, is this a thing? Okay. <laughs> Suppose. Suppose. Pictures. Pictures yeah. And then, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm sorry that we're doing this podcast. We sh- you should uh, watch it right now. Go check it out. <laughs> That's quite fine. And if you get bored, just fast forward to the end and watch the, uh, watch the uh, tense end scene. It's also kind of neat just seeing what it looks like inside the Hotel Vancouver and the roof area. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Well, if it really is a roof area. I think it is. It would be, this looks like the kind of movie where if you're inside a building, 
you and you saw the outside of the building, it's the same building. Okay. They're not gonna mess around. They're not gonna like be clever. It's just gonna be, eh, it's just what it is. Eh, it's there. Just so people know, the the Hotel Vancouver here in Vancouver is uh, an example of a hotel. maybe one of the tr- one true architectural styles of Canada, which is the chateau style, mm-hmm. and the, and they had these a uh, very peaked, very very high, like very sloped roofs, but they were they were um, coated with copper, which then would tarnish to a green color. And you see it in uh, the the hotel in Banff, Alberta. Alberta has and um, yeah, I think the hotel in Banff has one is one like that and then here in Vancouver we have the Hotel Vancouver and then and there's the famous uh and it originally it's originated in Quebec so that's why it's called the chateau style cuz it's supposed to look like a castle i guess but yeah it's a pretty pretty uh common style of a particular era most likely the 20s 30s i guess the original hotel vancouver was down by where the train station is is because it was a cn hotel and then they they, that was torn down, and then they built they built a new one, a new CN hotel, which is the Hotel Vancouver. Oh, okay. And then CN bought CN Rail bought Fairmont, the hotel chain, and then for whatever reason, instead of being CN hotels, they became Fairmont hotels. Uh, maybe Fairmont was a more successful name in the states, so they they stuck with that one. So then it became the because it used to just be the Hotel Vancouver, and then it became the ho- the Fairmont Hotel Vancouver, something like that, to indicate that it was a Fairmont hotel. Yeah, but yeah, so it's interesting because the original um, Hotel Vancouver had an observation deck on the on the roof, so you could go up to the top story of of it, and and you could look out over the city. And I know this because uh, when I was going to UBC, so this is a long time ago, in the stacks in the in the library in the kind of the old old arch- archives part of the library, I found this sightseeing book from two, from 1910 or something like that. And from like the turn of the last century, and so I was looking at what you could do in Vancouver of that that time period. Like, what were the touristy things you could do? And the one that I always remember is the fact that there was this observation deck on the the old Hotel Vancouver. So I guess you could climb up all ten stories or however tall it was and look out over the city. Oh, the city at your command! But that would that was when it was originally on Main Street and uh, Main and and Terminal. There's a uh, yeah. There's some good uh, helicopter scenes at the end because uh, there's a climax that takes place with a helicopter. So you do get to look down on Vancouver from above the Hotel Vancouver. That's that's neat. It's neat to see that kind of stuff. So you get to be like, like a '70s person in New York City and look down on Vancouver. Yeah, there you go. And the village then, like, of Vancouver. Like every uh, '70s movie that I can think of up until that point. Like if you think of a movie that was like 1975. Like any movie before Jaws, uh, it's like, and the movie's over. That's the end. It's like that, right? Like something happens, it builds to a thing. Yeah, a thing happens, and we're done. <laughs> we're done. We're done. It's over. It's over. Go home. It's like they they had a they have a built-in time limit, and they cannot 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 go past it. Well, what about that issue? Like, are they going to have a talk or say no, 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 no? You're never, never going to have like the, uh, two people going. They know what I don't understand. How did he know where the Russians were? It's none of that shit. It's like something happens that's a big action-y thing. Eh? And like, let's just say someone dies. And then it's like the person dies. Roll credits now. Now. Roll it. Roll. Go. Go, 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 go. And it's like, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. Out. 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 Get out. Get out. Get out. That's what it was like. I'm watching <laughs> movies from that era. Sure. Unless it's a, unless it's a depressing uh, science fiction thing. In which case, it's slow pan back and. <laughs> How 
How, how many depressing science fiction films from that era? Soylent Green? Um, what's the one with... Uh, uh, <laughs> I want to say Blazing Saddles. You're going to say Silent, Silent Running? It's not like Running, yeah. Yeah, with Bruce Dern? Yeah, Logan's Run. All the Run movies. <laughs> any movie with the runs in it is depressing. Yeah, any movie, yeah. The Runs, the Space Runs. <laughs> run, yeah, in space. Oh, that was a mistake. Why didn't they do that for the third film? You know, no one liked Cannibal Run 2, but if you put Cannibal Run in space, oh, now so, you got something going so on. So was, was the turning point Alien then? That was when, like, movies started to take a different... Huh. Science, like, I mean, science fiction took a different a tr- a turn? Here's what I think about, like, a movie like Alien. It's like, Alien is a good, creepy movie. Like, it's got good scares. Mm-hmm. and and But because it's got, oh, spoilers, a fairly okay ending. Like, you know, it's a positive ending. Yeah. You don't mind going back to it. You don't mind seeing it again. You're like, I'll watch that. Whereas it was like a really kind of gruesome ending or it's really sad. Or, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you'd like respect the movie and go, yeah, it's, it's, I, I acknowledge that it's good. <laughs> you want to see it again? Man, I really don't want to see it again. But yeah, Alien, you want to go back and see it again. Hmm. And of course, back then, the big thrill, too, was no one knew what the monster looked like. Yeah. That, that was a big thing was like. You know, don't tell anyone what the monster's like. <laughs> so you go into it with like, uh, uh, and then when you see it, oh yeah, you're right. That is pretty grand. Yeah. Uh. I used to read Fangoria at the at the checkout, like at the you know in the magazine section at the local Seven Eleven. So isn't it weird that they sold that in a Seven <laughs> Eleven? It is, isn't it? Right, like the goriest, goriest gore. Yeah, but that's what that's what I learned about the chestburster. And that made me really want to see the movie, but I wasn't allowed to because it was too gory. And they also had like a full, they also in Fangoria had a full like set of uh, frames of of Louis Del Grande's head exploding and scanners. So they had like eight different pictures of like the the whole head exploding element because I guess they're showing like how they, how they did the special effects or whatever, you know, which of course look pretty, pretty ropey nowadays. But at the time, you know, we're kind of state of the art. So also if you didn't expect it then, like you're watching it in the the theater, Mm. you don't expect You've never seen that before. You never read Fangoria at the checkout counter. Check well, even if you did read Fangoria at the checkout counter, when <laughs> just seeing it in action is so gah. What? <laughs> like you, you know, you, you know. Like I, I expect like Fangoria had two audiences. One, it was people who wanted to be in the film industry, and so they were really like, "How do you do that? How yeah, do you pull yeah, that off? Yeah, Makeup." Sure. How do you do that? And I know a couple people like that. And then there's the kids who just wanted to show it to their friends and go, eh? And they go, ah. <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah. Do you want to see something gross? No. Yes. Okay. Show it to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fine. Ah. Yeah. That. But yeah. Is Fangoria still around? Gee, I don't know. I, I imagine so. I think, yeah, I, I think it has I, a built-in. Its name is so... It's so it has it's so freighted with meaning that it's just it'll yeah. be around forever. I think it is. It is along with let's say Playboy and Reader's Digest and Time, the best named magazines. Like you get, yeah, what, yeah, it's yeah. Like it's like what do you get from Reader's Digest? Oh, it's just compressed uh, mm. stories. Oh my God, that's yeah. all right. Playboy. Oh yeah, I get what you're saying. All right, that's fine. If I'm a Russian man, I think I'll buy that while I harass children and then. <laughs> Put up old vaudeville pictures in my bathtub, uh, you know. And time, I was like, "Well, this is yeah, time we live in." Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, it all makes sense. Fangoria, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'm with you. 
Something like Cinema Tech is like, okay. It's that's a, an yeah, okay it's not name. Great. It's not great. That's not a great name. Fangoria. Try and top that. <laughs> it really it really tells you what you're getting. Yeah. It's the most honest name. Yeah, it's very good. The only problem with Fangoria is it took away the name of a good movie. Because if there was a movie called Fangoria, that would be the goriest movie you've ever seen. <laughs> and they never were able to make it because, of course, it's a magazine. So wonder, what are you going to do? I, I bet you there is a movie called Fangoria. Oh, okay. This is, this is, this is what you bet me? Yeah, pretty, I can't imagine that that name. This is no one's, no one's like used it. Paid, okay, paid fair, a little fair money. enough. Paid a little money. Uh, it looks like. Uh, ooh, are they? Yeah, no, it looks like they're still publishing it. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think they are. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I see Fangoria. You're saying Fangoria as a movie, though. Believe it or mm. not, I still I still regularly go at to magazine sections at, at at my most localist bookstore, which is a Chapters in Langley, and I. And I'll buy a couple of magazines there every month, so it's uh, a. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't don't be ashamed. The ones I really want, I subscribe to, so those come like as clockwork as like, as we can get nowadays. They come COVID clockwork. I, I occasionally work for magazines, so I I will, I will not uh, <laughs> will I will not look down on you. Don't don't poo poo magazines. Uh, I do not see any movies oh, really? called Fangoria. Wow. I'm no, surprised. there's a no. There's companies, of course. Yeah. Uh, there's Fangoria Awards. Hmm. Uh, there's oh, okay. Now here, but on a technicality, sure. There are movies Fangoria has presented. Ah, uh, yeah, that's not so the like same. that's not the movie, same. Like Axed or Sin Reaper 3D. <laughs> um, Sin Reaper 3D. Um, okay, fair enough. If it's 3D. I'm in. Uh, but yeah, it's Fangoria Presents and so on and so forth. Hmm. Oh, good for Fangoria getting into the movie. Uh, Fangoria Presents uh, Bl- Blood and Guts uh, with Scott Ian. Uh, Fangoria Presents Blood Drive. Uh, Weekend of Horrors. Fangoria's Puppets. Yeah. Yeah. There we are. Anyway, uh, George Siegel didn't do any movies Fangoria reviewed, I don't think. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. He was a pretty... Well, I think we talked about that. I think we talked about George Seagal uh, when we did episode 400 or something like that. We were talking about, because I asked the question, like, like why do we know who he is? Because what big movie did he do? Like, Russian Roulette is an example, isn't an example of a big movie. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? But he wasn't even the star of that film. That's that's was well. There's four Taylor, people. There's four Taylor, people but yes, but I mean the ones that people went to see were were Burton and Taylor. Like uh, you know, because it was like the idea of these married couple like really letting it out, letting it loose on screen. A film that people did like, though I've never seen it, was uh, Where's Papa? That was one. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, then he did like you know was California Split. Uh, was that a Neil Simon? That's a Robert uh, Altman film. That's a very, 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 very good movie with Elliot Gould. Uh, a couple of gamblers who kind of work together to try to they're trying to like make the big score. But... Do we appreciate Elliot Gould enough? No, I don't think so. I think I don't think we do either. No, I think he's a really good, a really, really, really good actor. Like, I mean, he's in one of my favorite films of all time, which is um, that movie. You know, the one I'm talking about, The Long Goodbye, mm-hmm. which is another Robert Altman film. He was a Robert Altman favorite at that time, I guess, because he'd been in MASH, and then he was in The Long Goodbye, and he was also in, in California Split. But yeah, I think he really brings a real kind of character to, to anything he does. Like, no matter what's happening, he's always interesting in that role. And he's one of those guys who was, like, always on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's one of the five-timers club 
Yeah, uh, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, it's just one of these people that's just like, oh yeah. And you go, <laughs> how about that film? Oh yeah. And you go that film. Oh geez. Yeah. I mean, George George Siegel, good good for or Siegel, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, all well and good, good for him. And also, he's very charming. On uh, on on talk shows, he brought out the banjo. He had <laughs> good stories. He's that kind of guy. So you probably know him because he was on everything. Yeah. So he saturated TV when TV mattered. Mm-hmm. That's why. But yeah, Elliot Gould is just legit. You know, uh, uh, amazing actor. You know, who's in so many movies that you're like, oh boy, oh yeah, that jeez. You know, I love his. And, uh, I love his intro in uh, Mash, where he's this is kind of. <laughs> he's not saying a word and just kind of sitting there. It works really well. I just, yeah, he's just so good in everything he does. He just knows how to. Just has a lot of a lot of charisma on screen. And then uh, he was in the you know uh, all the Ocean's uh, movies with the exception of Ocean's Eight. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Good for him. And good, he's for, a, good, good for him. He's in the Devil and Max Devlin, which is a. Oh my God! Yeah, which it doesn't play as much now for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why, but you're you're correct. Why doesn't it play as much? Sorry, I don't know. Uh, because uh, Bill Cosby. Is oh the devil. yes, I'm sorry. That's he plays the devil in that. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird title for a movie because both characters have dev, devil, devil. You know, like it's kind of it's weird. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's uh, I, I I did see that one. Uh, it's fine. It's that's fine. You know, and then of course, you know, we're now. So you know, listen, watch all the things you can now. Because you're not gonna watch it. Want to watch them later? So watch them now and enjoy all music now. Enjoy it all now, right now. Why do you say that? Yeah, because something's gonna go wrong. Oh, okay. And then there's gonna be some reveal, and we're just be like, oh, it's like, oh man, do I love Rolf Harris? Listen to it all now. Watch it all now. Why? What's the problem with Rolf Harris? Ah shit! Put it aside. <laughs> Fine, okay. I know that just seems to be the way, doesn't it? It's just man. Do I love Blair, Gary Glitter? <laughs> oh, fuck. No. Okay, fine, fine. Mm. I understand. I'll, I'll watch other things and I'll do other things. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, Gary Glitter. I, I mean, I never liked him that much anyway. So I don't feel. Well, too, you got the one song. I don't feel I too torn about not having to listen to Rock and Roll Part Two, but, <laughs> but I mean, you know, there's unsavory characters in rock and roll that you know you still listen to and you just kind of well you can't you can't you, not. Have, to look, you have to just kind of look look yeah I mean, if, you, if you've got an oldies rock and roll station playing yeah that's enjoy the creeps you know <laughs> it's, like, it's yeah. what's gonna yeah, yeah what are you gonna do that's, what are you gonna do that's it you know it doesn't Did Gary glitter have another hit besides that like i'm sure in england he had a, a couple of smaller hits Okay, but nothing that nothing that filled a hockey arena like rock and roll part two. Okay, fair oh. enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I made the mistake again. I watched Russian Roulette, which it sounds like I liked it more than I did. There was a lot of like, Ugh, in yeah, the yeah. Middle. Was like yeah, yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, I watched that. I watched Justice League, and then I watched a new film called Bliss, and I was like, oh man, maybe I don't like movies. Hmm. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's maybe <laughs> maybe it's something COVID related. And like now, movies I can't just enjoy them or something. Well, there's something going on. Okay, wait a second. So you watch Russian Roulette, which I can't, I can't judge that because I, I have. Yeah, I, mean, I only listen, know it's it from the ending. Locations. I only know it for the ending, and then and you, you will want Chinese food afterwards, probably. Oh, okay, well, that's good. Good enough reason to watch it, and then. Oh, by the way, yeah. here's the one thing. Sorry, they're in the they're in the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, and they're eating food, and they're clearly eating with serving chopsticks. 
I don't know why. Like someone didn't mention to them, those those aren't ones you eat with. Or maybe they <laughs> ate with those chopsticks back in the seventies. They ate with these gi- gigantic chopsticks. <laughs> no, it's like, no. dude, that's not. It's like someone eating a salad with the with a giant with the spoon comes in. That's right. Using a ladle to drink their soup. Yeah, well, well you're not supposed. <laughs> that's what, what. What do you mean? <laughs> you get more this way. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, you save on the bowl because it's a bowl. All right, wash another dish. <laughs> if you got all the time in the world, fine. Knock yourself out. <laughs> that's interesting. I never, I never used chopsticks till I was in my very early teens. So. uh that was never an issue in Chinese restaurants. We just ate with with forks, you know, and just yeah. I think I think I was yeah early teens as well, probably wolfed it down. And it was more it was more Japanese food than it was Chinese food because I, I really liked uh, uh, sushi and, and whatnot. So it was like I'm going to learn this. And as soon as I learned how to you know pick up sushi, that's when you get told you know you don't have to use chopsticks with sushi. Like what? Oh, it's finger food. Like oh, kids were telling me now. Oh, crying out loud. Yeah. So when I when I was when my grandma mar- remarried, um, my step grandfather's son, who I was sitting beside, showed me how to eat Chinese food with chopsticks, like how to hold them and how to. So it was very kind of him. He was a teacher, so I guess he's. It was a teachable moment. He felt. Yeah. So he made me put down my fork and pick up a pair of chopsticks so I could inefficiently eat rice. <laughs> so yeah, it was a uh, that was a good lesson though. And I mean, after that, I always used them, and I so I could practice. You know, I'll get this right eventually. One grain of rice at a time. Yeah, uh, relatives of mine uh, were talking about like eating rice with, you know, when you see when they see North Americans eating rice with a fork, it's like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> like, and it's not like don't eat it with chopsticks. Yeah, yeah. It, use a spoon. That's yeah. spoon food. Clear. <laughs> Why would you want to be getting less? Yeah, like, yeah. spoon making it hard on yourself to. But we don't. We can't. It's weird. Yeah. If someone says yeah. eat rice with a with a spoon, and you start doing it, just like, well, I'm a child. I can't. It's <laughs> an ice cream. This is rice. Yeah, it's really disturbing. Try to eat some fried rice and with a spoon, just like, oh, it sound, no. It sounds wrong. It feels feels wrong in your mouth. I'm sure because I've never. It feels wrong in your mouth. That's exactly that's exactly correct. I I mean, my response to that would be that a fork is not that inefficient a way to eat rice. Like. It's usually clumpy, so you you know you don't have to worry about it. Like drip, it's not like you're eating sand with a fork. You're eating rice, it's not. You're that, gonna not lose. That. You're gonna lose some of it, but not that much. No, I know, but you're gonna lose more than you would with a spoon, which makes sense. I guess. Yeah, it feels. You like, know, it's, it feels like you know, it's it feels true. like someone's in a rush, and I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why. It would be like eating cereal with a fork. Again, it feels wrong. It is wrong. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, this is the thing. You know, use the spoon. Spoon's great. Spoon's, spoon's perfect. Okay. I, I can't do it. It's also, it's like those things where they, they show you, hey, you know how you do that thing when you cut your meat and then you like uh, switch your fork over from one hand to the other because you're North American and it's dumb and there's no reason to do that. And just keep that fork where it is, poke your meat with it, <laughs> put the meat in your mouth. Yep. Huh? You saved a step. Makes sense. Try doing it. Can't do it. Drives you crazy. Can't eat. <laughs> No reason. Hmm. It's just psychologically, yeah, we're messed up. Interesting. Oh, the yeah. other the other interesting thing about the chopstick story is that that was the first time that I I have knowingly met a gay man. 
because he was a, a he was gay. Oh, because that's the sign. If you pick up chopsticks, it's no, no, it's just that he was gay, and, and then I found out later. And no one in my life up to that point that who had ever met did I later find out was gay. Do you know what I mean? Like well, that's that's interesting. I'm trying to think like who who's the first person who was openly gay that I ever met. Like you yeah. know, that's I mean, like he didn't say know, hi, I'm gay. He just or he didn't even like seem gay. I just like I learned later on. Like my mom said, oh that you know Danny is gay, and I was like, oh oh okay. But and so that was was incredible. he was he uh, openly. Like, was he out of the closet or was your mom telling you a secret? No, he was out of the closet. He was openly gay. Okay. His, he didn't get along very well with his dad because of it, but he was at the, he was at the wedding. So they weren't, they weren't ir- ir- irreconcilably separated, but I know that there was friction about it between them. I think, I think he later came to some sort of rapprochement. They, they, they later came to, to an understanding, which is fair because of all his children, that was the one who looked after him the most. So. Yeah, I had a I had a, a gay uncle, but he was uh, I'm trying to think if he was open with us or not. I, I don't know. He was very deeply closeted um, where he lived. Okay. And okay. Even though he had a boyfriend for decades. <laughs> yes. A yeah. Very was, good friend. Yeah, it was one of those situations which you know, uh, it's just it's just so fucking stupid and you know, and you think like, oh well, it was the time. And it's like it wasn't that much time. This is the, this is the weird bit to me when you when you look back sometimes it's just like well it was this yeah. many years ago and I can think to myself now I know what twenty years is like mm-hmm. like I can think back and go like oh I remember when it was the year two thousand or I remember when it was like you know nine eleven I remember that yeah so think about what that was like mm-hmm, okay that's twenty years mm-hmm, okay and then and then like th- think of like you know when people were telling you at some point when you were a young person. Well, this was a long time ago that it was like this. And I was like, well, 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 like how long ago? Well, you know, about 20 years ago. Well, that wasn't a long time at all. Like in the, in the slightest. Yeah. That you couldn't say nothing or do anything or like completely had to be like closeted. It's just, just seems ridiculous. Seems ridiculous. Yeah. Like you were people, you knew. And then it's, of course, the thing too. Where people go, of course, everyone knew. But you just didn't say anything. Yeah. That's even worse, right? Like yeah. you didn't think it was like worth like maybe like, ah. Oh. You know, it just well, it this just shows makes you, you sigh. It, it just makes you sigh. Yeah, yeah. It just shows you at that time, like how powerful, like the traditional churches were, and how you know how much they held sway over, you know, political decision making and stuff like that. That you didn't want to offend them because they were a major lobby group. You know, like even if the parishioners were mo- for for the most part, besides like the hardcore weirdos, for the most part, we're just like, yeah, you know. You know, I know gay people, and I'm that's fine. Whatever, I don't care. I don't want you know. They probably didn't want them. Like, I don't want them looking at babysitting my kids or whatever stupid things like that. People might say, but you know, it was just sort of you accepted it if they were part of your family to to a degree. But yeah. it's just, but it's just weird that you, at the same time you could like deny them all all rights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the same. I just it drives, it drives me. I mean, I've talked about it before in the show, and it, it drives me crazy because I always think of the of all the civil servants who had given so much of their lives to to uh, you know in service to Canadians, and then were summarily fired in the in the early fifties because they were they were blackmail targets because yeah. they were worried about Russians targeting them targeting them for blackmail because their lifestyles were illegal at the time. And my response is, then make it legal. Then it's not an issue. Don't fire people. Just get rid of the stupid law that's making making what they're doing blackmailable. But oh no, we can't do that because it's obviously a sign of mental mental health. It's a mental health issue, so we have to, you know. Yeah. And then, like in the states, yeah, if you were if you're found out to be gay when you're in the army, uh, they would uh, discharge you, but they would also publish that 
in the local paper in your hometown. So people would know. Yeah, fuck that. And it would just be like, Mm -hmm. well, that's just being a sadistic fuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's just, just, that's just so, so terrible. And it's like, um, you know, it it felt like it was TV rules almost in that, like, you know, uh, you, you would have people on TV who you clearly knew were, were gay, but like, you just wouldn't say it, but you'd know it. You know it. That's fine as long as you don't say it. Yeah. And I feel there was like a lot of people that were in that that kind of situation as well. So it wasn't like not a surprise, but you just can't say the words out loud. And just like, ugh. Again, it's like it's a lot of sign, it's a lot of shaking your head, <laughs> it's a lot of throwing up your hands and so on. But on a on a on a brighter note with that, yes. Um, because that makes me think of Paul Lynn and Charles Nelson Riley, which makes me think of uh who was the host of um, the Hollywood Squares? Peter Peter Marshall? That's right. Peter Marshall has just gone on to Twitter. Oh, okay. He's just discovered Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I think he was like trying to help promote like some documentaries that were going on. But now he's he's like showing old clips of things like him singing with Charles Nelson Riley, or he put up a clip uh, the other day uh, and it was like, oh, this, I thought this was a fever dream I had. (laughs) and it's like uh, with the Hollywood Squares, how they used to have a show called Storybook Squares. Okay, and they had like characters from fairy tales or something. Yes, so it would be celebrities like Soupy Sales. Yeah, would be like you know, uh, you know, Peter Peter Piper, okay. you know, or something like that, right? But then, so they mix it, but it'd be a weird mix-up. So you'd have you know famous people who you'd know, uh, but dressed as you know Cinderella or, or what have you, and they'd play the character. Yeah, but. Then you have Artie Johnson show up, and Artie Johnson would be like his uh, German soldier character, because that's like a character, so that counts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you'd have uh, I forget who played Morticia on the Adams Family, but she shows up, and she's as Carol- Morticia. Carolyn Jones. Yes, yeah, Carolyn Jones as Morticia, and she shows up, and she's like her character. Yeah. And and uh, and uh, William Shatner uh, was there as Captain Kirk in his in his uh, old Star Trek outfit. Yeah, it's so strange. <laughs> Interesting. And what I feel like it was, was I believe there was an actual story. The like I don't know if they just replaced the Hollywood Squares with Storybook Squares for a period of time, and it was a special thing. But like later on, they would do special episodes of Hollywood Squares as Storybook Squares. But, or, but I'm not sure if it was like if they swapped it out or how it went. But it is, it is weird to watch. Because <laughs> like at least originally, it was kids who were the contestants. Yeah. As well. And so you got like sexy Charo is like you know uh, you know a, 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 you know like a wicked stepsister or something. It's like yeah, yeah it was neat. Yeah, that's yeah. That is. But fun. I would uh, I would recommend his uh, Twitter feed for really good, interesting, weird old clips of things. But it's also weird seeing a kid call on Artie Johnson, and then Artie Johnson is doing the German thing, and he's telling the thing. I was like, so you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, more than fifty percent of men. Uh, think their wife looks uh, good in the morning. I'm like, why the hell is this question being asked? One, <laughs> to a German soldier. Two, for kids. Why is a kid talking to the German spy? And it's just like, yeah, the, the first thing was, was, was uh, you know, uh, Peter Marshall going like, uh, so Artie is like, we do not answer questions. Like, oh, and he want to turn to the kid and go, hey kid, do you get this reference? You see, he's playing a Nazi. And they interrogate people and say, I have ways of making you talk. And he's got to think, do you like laughing? I don't know. Very strange. It, it is. It is. Anyway, 
Check it out yourself if you want, or don't. It's fine. But or watch Russian Roulette. Or watch Justice League. I don't care. Live your life. Listen to a podcast. I'm fine either way. But to me, like, Hollywood Squares was very mysterious when I, I felt as a kid. Like, cause, like you say, celebrities, then there's guys like Gary Mule Deer and George Goble. And you're like, I don't even know who any of these people are. Like, are they are they really celebrities? Are they, are they the celebrities because they're on Hollywood Squares? I don't understand. Like, they- Yeah, it could be both. Like, I think there was – I think you could just be a celebrity for being a celebrity back then. I mean, you can nowadays, but – Oh, yeah, you could, like, you know, do something on YouTube or you're a Chewbacca mom or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oops. Just bump my, bump my, my headphones. Sorry, everyone. Uh, yeah, there you go. I, I, I can't think of anything to add to these <laughs> stories. Sorry. No, that's absolutely fine. I was, no, going, it's, uh, I was going to tell you about a movie that I was watching on Tubi, though. I would like to hear this. Because they have a 1963 version of Day of the Triffids, which I didn't even know existed. Mm. Like, I know the, the 50s version, there's a, one by directed by George Pell, who directed, uh, most famously, War of the Worlds. The one with those kind of bending, like the, the melting spaceships, you know. With, um, But this one is, uh, this one is at 63 and stars Howard Keel, who to me is best known for his role in... Um, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Okay. So you keep expecting him to break out into, bless your beautiful hide. <laughs> but he plays, you know, I don't know if there's a good, I don't know if there's a good movie or a good TV version of that book. Like, I don't know if it's just, is it ir, ir, ir you cannot re- reproduce it, irreproducible, whatever the word would be. You can't produce that, <laughs> you cannot produce, reproduce that book. Like, it just feels like. Every version I've ever seen, I've, and I've seen the 1957 version, I think it is, with, with um, I can't remember the actor's name now. He's also in The Time Machine. He's a, okay. obviously a favorite of, of George Pell. And then then the, this, now I've watched, a, I haven't watched all of it, but I watched some of the 63 version with Howard Keel. There's a 80s one, like 83 or so, which is a BBC version, which is quite good. It's very low key, but it's quite good. And then there was like a mo- modern one that came out in... In the te- like the two thousand tens, maybe that has um, Eddie Izzard in it, and it's just execrable. Oh. It's garbage. Okay. Yeah, it's just awful in every way. But none of them ever follow the story. Hmm. None of them ever follow the story, and I don't know what that is. Part of it is it's a very British story, and it's a very it's a very problem solving story. It's not really about incident. It's about overcoming incident. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So it's all about like how can we you know, how can we, a blind person, or no, a not blind person, get safely through a city of blind people, who, or peop- and then also people who can see, but who are taking advantage of, of blind people, you know? Ah, I mean? okay. And like, you know, and so there's, and then there obviously, and then there's various problems that, you know, not just, it's not just that everyone goes blind. It's everyone goes blind. And then there's also these mysterious plants that have appeared out of nowhere. It's thought of in the book that it says, you know, it's thought they came out of Russia, but also that maybe they came from outer space on debris that came to Earth and, and brought brought the seeds with it. And so now that these these mysterious creatures that people aren't very sure what they are, what you know, they don't know their full potential until until the story begins. And then the third problem is is there's a mysterious plague as well that breaks out in the book. And so all those things. I don't know if the plague is just kind of a convenient way to just get get all the pieces off the chessboard. I'm not too sure. Let's just get all these let's get all these blind people out of the way. I'm tired of this stuff. Let's have a plague. Let's get clear of the board, and we'll carry on with the Triffids versus humans part of it. But yeah, and so in the book, the character is a guy who works with Triffids, 
And the reason he is in the hospital with with having eye surgery is because he got a glancing blow from a Triffid's venom strike. Like, I don't know if it strikes with like a stalk that comes out of its mouth. I can't quite remember in the book. But And so somehow he got like hit in the, you know, not on his eyes, but near his eyes, but it's, it was close enough that it caused some damage. And so he's in the hospital and his, his, his eyes are, you know, his eyes are wrapped. That's why he doesn't see the comet shower that blinds everyone. And so, you know, it has that fabulous opening that of course has been taken by 28 Days Later and also The Walking Dead, where the person wakes up from a coma or from a, you know, deep sleep in the hospital and it's just an eerily quiet place and there's no, and you don't know what's going on because you're, in his case, he's blind, you know. Right. And he just hears like various noises of distress in this building, but he doesn't know what's going on. And there's no one, no nurses answering his calls or anything, you know. And in the movie, though, the character, the Howard Keel character is a sailor. And so it doesn't really make any sense because he's not someone who has any, there's no, you know, it, it does, it kind of removes like the purpose of the Triffids as, as the block, because there's no, he doesn't know what they are. You know, and in the, in the movie, it's it's kind of stated that no one knows what they are, whereas right. in the where in the book they know they know the capacity they have for like they know that they have the stinging stalk that can, can lash out, but they don't realize until mayhem ensues that they have an organizational ability as well, and they start to like act to like set traps for humans as well, you know, and so. Um, yeah, I just feel like no one ever quite gets it right. The closest one I think is the BBC, the nineteen eighty version. Even though it's is kind that, of is that TV or radio? It was a TV, TV, TV movie, a TV show, like a series. I think okay. three, three episodes, and it gets it at the closest in terms of like story, but it also is like the cheapest one and has the the lowest production value. So you kind of lose a little bit there. Like you don't get that that fabulous scene in in the George Pell version of like the the house. They're in the house in Wales, I think, and then. They're like in this little farmhouse, and then it's just like a sea of triffids around them, just surrounding the entire mm. place. Because and and the book makes like interesting points. Like there's this part near the end of the, the story where the, the main character points out, like you know, you need to have like they could survive where they were, but all they were doing was surviving. They were, they weren't living. They were just getting by, and they were slowly losing to the triffids. It was a it was a slow you know, a slow loss, you know, just like constant losing land, losing, you know, they just couldn't keep, they couldn't keep ahead of the, the growth of the Triffids as a threat. And so, and near the end of the story, spoilers everyone if you haven't read Day of the Triffids, sorry. But, you know, near the end of the story, I'm spoiling this book that's like over 80 years old. Uh, they get to maybe 70, whatever. They get to <clears> the, um, they get to, they, they get taken away, like a helicopter comes and lift, airlifts them out of this situation and, and, you know, and they're safe. And they get taken to, I think, to an island or something off of France. So it's probably where, like, Guern, where the Guernsey, Channel Islands, you know. And so, but in the book, the character makes the point that you have to have, you have to have, a, like, you have to have people who can have leisure. Because if you don't have leisure, then you don't have invention. If you don't have, like, a chance for people to stop and think and ponder and, and consider, if all you're doing is constantly just trying to survive and it's, it's life is just one long harrying, you know, uh, putting out one fire after another, you can never, you can never get ahead because all, you're always behind the eight ball. You're always like fighting to get past one incident to the, uh, after another, you know? So you need mm -hmm. like, you need like a, a, a hierarchy where you have like a class of people or a group of people who can, you know, come up with solutions while other people, deal with the the reality the you know the on the ground reality of the fact that there's triffids and the fact you know they can travel by spore and they can be wherever you are and they'll they'll amass 
And but you also have to have people who can figure out a way to like deal with this. That's a permanent solution, you know. And so it's kind of it's a very interesting book. The movies can never be that way though, because no science, no science, uh, any science fiction that you want as a movie. From that time period, I don't necessarily mean nowadays, but at that time period, the dumber the better, right? It just kind of goes to the lowest common denominator. And, you know, it's just kind of like, Triffid's scary. This movie is very much that way. It's like... Well, it feels like when you're saying the the idea is like they're they're blind, like that works great as a radio play to me. Like, because you can imagine yourself in that situation, you're hearing sounds, like, Mm -hmm. what is that sound? But no, but the, the main characters aren't blind. The main, oh, okay. the main character, like this guy, because his eyes were covered, mm. uh, eyes were covered during this meteor shower that everyone on Earth watched the night before. He can see, but no one else can because, for whatever reason, it had some effect on the on the on the retinas or whatever. And so, every you're dealing with this mass, um, um, you know. And there were some kind of neat scenes in the film. There's a scene where, like, there's a plane where the pilots have gone blind, and no one, and the everyone's blind on the plane, and they're flying, and they're just like trying to radio for help, and you know, the pilots, you know, the pilots are like, well, we're almost out of fuel. Like we're going to, cause the guy can feel the, ga- the gauge. He like feels with his finger and he's like, we're almost out of gas. And this is in the days of yeah, analog, analog gauges. And then, okay. and, uh, and then the, the pilot tells the stewardess to, you know, just keep all the passengers calm and let them know that we're going to be landing soon, blah, blah, blah. But they're not, they're just going <laughs> to, they're just going to crash and die. You know, it's just, but we don't want to have people crashing and dying in, in total fear. It happens anyway, but, but, you know, hope and in the better scenario, it wouldn't have. But yeah, like so, they have things like with. By, by the way, if anyone is and... listening to this podcast on a plane, sorry for bringing up two plane crashes in, uh, in the episode so far. Go ahead. <laughs> are, are people traveling by plane right now? Well, you can listen to this in the future as well. Oh, sorry, per- future person. Be- yeah, this show isn't being you know broadcast live. You're right. You're right. It's not. You're you're correct. You're, people can listen at their at their own leisure. Yeah, and they'll be back on planes soon. So, yeah. Yeah, hopefully. And worrying about plane crashes when we start talking about them continuously. Hopefully, hopefully by next year. Sure. I have big, That'd be nice. big plans for next year. Oh, okay. Did you want to share them or is they private? They're completely private. I'm going to be flying to Kelowna. And no, I'm going to, uh, Lisa and I want to go to England next year. Okay. So that's our plan. Good. Travel around Great Britain, just because all her relatives are, are aging out. So we need to get over there before we lose any more. We want to be able to see them one last time. I mean, my gosh, the first time I met everyone was in 89. So, oh, wow. I mean, that was a long time ago now. And all these people who are in their 40s and, you know, of course, they seemed oh, so old to me then, of course, because I was a 20-year-old. But but uh, yeah, now, now they're... Uh, very old, and so I would just like to go over and and see them and and talk and and where where do they live? Like are they on uh, like I know you got to there, your yeah. uh, Orkney folks. There's the Orkney relatives, yeah. That's but yeah. then my favorite aunt, Auntie Evelyn. She is she lives near Northampton. Okay, the home of Ellen Moore. Uh, she lives near Northampton uh, in a town called Rons. Okay, Rons, Rons. Can, can we go to Rons? Do you mean Rons? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what difference I'm saying that you want to correct me. Uh, the yeah. So we're gonna go. You know, we'll go there, and then we'll go to Orkney eventually. But we'd also like to do just some traveling for for ourselves. We just it's not just for visiting, but that's a big part of it. Obviously, we don't also tootle around. I've never been to Southern England. Like I've never been to Brighton, oh, okay. and so I'd like to go that way. Mm-hmm. Nice for the very first time. Yeah, and. I don't think we'll make it to Cornwall, but I've never been to Cornwall either, and that's where my grandma grandmas come from, Cornwall. So that would 
would be kind of nice to go over that that way. But I don't think we will make it over that far. Just uh, you we'll know. see. I just kind of want. I don't want to do too much driving. I feel like our last trip in 2012, we did too much driving and not enough visiting. So okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And like the girls, like when you talk about what did, what did you enjoy about the trip, they never go, oh, we enjoyed driving all over England. No, they, they're always like, we enjoyed like visiting relatives. They have like no happy memories of the museums we went to or the castles and stuff like that, which is, it's interesting. But their favorite part of it was meeting their relatives in England, you know, and, you know, that they were the same age as, as, um, as one of Lisa's cousin's boys. And so, and so he would come over every, when the girls were there, he would come over and, and they'd play games together. They played, play cards and stuff and, and played box as crib is called there. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, that's the part that you remember when you're older, you know, you don't, I don't really remember like traveling. I do remember parts of it, but the things I really lo- like loved or what I remember are things like, you know, like the first time I arrived at Lisa's aunt's house, you know, and the welcome we got and stuff. That's, you know, those are the things that are, that you really stick in your mind. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm eager to go again. But yeah, we'll we'll go. We'll we're gonna we'll go to Orkney. I don't think we'll make it to Shetland, unfortunately. But but that's okay. But we'll make it to Orkney, and that's where the majority of the the old folks live. So we can see them there, and uh, it'll be good. So that's our plan. Well, that is get, our you get, hope yeah. for next year. You can get the yeah. If you can get to the rest of the places, that's just gravy. Mm-hmm. That delicious British gravy. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. I, I have. Oh man, it's been a long time since I've been to. To England as well, and I, I just I feel so comfortable in, especially London. But I like, I'll, yeah, I just like everywhere there. It's just like, uh, it just, it just uh, again, it just feels like my grandparents. You know, it's that <laughs> feeling of just like, ah, okay, this yeah. is this feels very home, uh, home like. You know, I like to say it's the same, only different. Is how I like to describe. describe. Yeah, I feel I feel similarly about uh, when I'm in New York. I feel like, oh, this is all the stuff I like. <laughs> and this is where it comes from for the yeah. most part. Yeah. So I so I relate to this because even though, you know, I don't know it, I didn't grow up in it, uh, but it's all the stuff that I, mm, this is where all the comics came from. <laughs> this was where all those TV shows I liked came from. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. where these movies uh, that I liked shot. Yeah. This is the, this is the place. It's like I, I used to draw this place even though I've never been. <laughs> it's like this magical, weird fictional land. But it's the same thing with uh, with with London. You know, it was really weird. You know, one day we were just wandering around walking and like, uh, oh, there's Buckingham Palace. So now here's, you know, this and now here's that. And everything is like accessible. Yeah. It's just like, what? What? That's real? Okay. (laughs) Whatever you say. Fine. Yeah. I know it's true. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I did. We did more touristy things when we went with the girls in 2012 than we'd ever done before, actually. Like we did go to like see Big Ben and we went to the the Tower of London and things like that, you know, which we'd never had done before. We just, we'd gone into London, but we hadn't gone there with like sight, that kind of sightseeing in mind. We just kind of went and wandered around a bit and did some shopping and ate, ate at a pizza express and then left, you know, left London. This is, this is how I have to go about whenever I talk about seeing Big Ben. I'll say just like, oh yeah, we went around and we saw Big Ben and then I have to turn immediately and go, and I know, I know it's not really Big Ben. I know Big Ben is the bell. I know, I know, I'm not from here, so I can't see it because you keep it. Oh, you gotta, gotta only see it if you live here. That's the only we can't see our bell, our precious bell. Yeah, oh no, what to see your fucking bell? Who asked? Nobody, nobody asked to see your bell. Okay, shut up. We saw, shut up we saw that, we bell. saw the tower clock. 
you prefer. Yeah, that's good. That's right. Let me show the Jerry Blue. Yeah, he did. Fuck. Oh, I saw the queen. Oh, not the real queen. The real queen. It's like, eh, whatever. Yeah, you got to really snap on people for that because they're really, they're going to turn on you in a second with that little bit of trivial information. <laughs> we almost saw the Queen Mother when we were in England one time. Oh. I think in the two, in our 2002 visit, we almost saw the Queen Mother. There was a period of time where it looked like, eh, she's immortal. <laughs> they're, they're kind of blowing it here. They should not let them live this long because it really starts to go, mm, yeah, people are going to figure this out. Yeah. That you're not human. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. like right now with Prince Philip, there's a bit of that when you see him and you're just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't wish anyone illness or death or anything, but like you've been around a long time, like a long time, like too long, right? Too long. Too long. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just like you just see him and just go vampire. Some, something. <laughs> you know what? He's just on the last stage of that plane journey I was talking about. Yeah, that's true. You just don't want to jump. And I wish, and I wish him the best of health, and I wish him the very best. But you know, if you're going to fake that you're human, you got <laughs> to you know, do a better job. You got to do a better job. I hate yeah. to, I hate to inform you of this, but when we get old, we look terrible. Yeah, but we don't have there's no any, one. There's no one who's like super, super old that looks great. Right, but there's this kind of thing though. Sometimes it's the, it's the thing where like you okay because everyone ages. This is this is true. Yeah. Everyone ages. Sure. But sometimes you age and you have the problem of infinite money. And when you age with infinite money, yeah. sometimes you look at your face and just go, I don't like these wrinkles. <laughs> I should, you know what? I should get just a little, little, little uh, nip, yeah. little, uh, little nip and tuck. Yeah. And I just tighten things up. That'd be fine. Then I'll look like myself. And then all of a sudden you're a different race. <laughs> And you're like, oh, I feel like I'm a stereotype. I think I'm a very offensive stereotype now. This is not what I should look like. No, thank you. No. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, you start to get older and you start to get older. Yeah. And you get to the age where it's just like, well, you know, just going to let things take their course. And instead you've got infinite money and you go, no, no matter what, <laughs> keep me alive. And, uh, and then, you know, you're just this walking ghost. Walking rich ghost that's floating around us. Like, yeah, that's not uh, that's not that's not great. It looks like you got a picture of yourself in a closet that looks fantastic, <laughs> and you you got them to paint it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, but okay, fine. And that's just what it kind of kind of seems like sometimes. Maybe I, it's not. Maybe it's not good. I feel like well. That said, I'm going to try and live as long as possible. Yeah, exactly. Who isn't? Uh, I'm going to try not to get too much work done. Yeah. Well, I can't afford it, so I'm I'm safe. And I'm not going to do the Trump, uh, hey, you know what? I look good tan, so I'm going to just like orange up my face. (laughs) But then stop at the jawline. And the eyes. Stop at this weird, yeah. yeah. I don't want to get in my eyes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so it just looks like this weird, freaky mask. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. You know, I don't think Prince Philip is an example of a person, though, who has had a lot of surgery done. No, no, that's no, what no, you're no, saying. That's your that. story is because I feel because I saw a meme that like compared Cher to Prince Philip. Yeah, and it's like then called that she was 135 years old, which of course is ridiculous because he's at least 20 years older than she is. You know, she's she's a 60s generation, he's a 40s generation. Okay, so so it's a little unfair to like judge a person by someone who is, you know in you know 20 years younger than than him and has clearly like become plastic 
And Cher has been judged on her looks all her life, you know. Thing, yeah. She's 70. Yeah, she's 74. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And he's like in his 90s. So, you know, he's like, yes. he's, he is near, he is near the end. Like he is just hanging on by some fingernails. You know, and she is doing fine. And then, and the problem with, for Cher is when she passes away, no one will know because it will look like she's still smiling with her eyes open. And people will assume that she's just, you know, thinking about something. And it'll take them a long time to realize that, oh no, she's actually passed away. We didn't yeah, and that. he is. He, yeah, you're right. He is. He's 99. Yeah, yeah. No, he's so it's, he's, he's not long for this world. Uh, he's got a sticker. Oh, well, why? Why do you say that? Um, <laughs> suspecting murder. No, um, I, I just say I just saying 99. Does you know you you could live to 104. You could live to. I mean, you could live more. But you know, when you get to that age, you you are you are I, actually I living on point where you do look and just go. Oh, the alien? You know, that, again, you don't believe the whole lizard people thing. No one does. But when they start living way past 100, then you're kind of get, hmm, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Sure. <laughs> well, there's a there's an old lady where Mary works who's 104, So, and she is in no way royal or has royal blood. I don't know. If she, maybe she has royal blood. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can buy some royal she, blood. Maybe she was bitten by Prince Philip. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, how old, is, how old is Queen Elizabeth? I imagine she's younger than him, but I would say I, she, I would say she's like in her early nineties. Let's see, I'm gonna check that out. Ninety four, ninety four. Good for her. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a good inning. Yeah, very good. But at the same time, you know, make room for the younger generation. Right, and she's only had one uh, anus horribleness, so you know that's good. <laughs> That right? Was that? Yeah, though you should get checked after. Is that? After sounds like fifty. You should get your anus horribles checked. Sounds like really bad. Sure. Is it really bad diarrhea, or is it something worse than that? <laughs> it's just a bad. It's a very bad year. Uh, when you, oh, when you, I think you're thinking oh, anus horribles. No, well, you know, whatever. I don't say it with the accent. <laughs> well, you do. You you added a soft a before it, but anyway, okay. Yeah, anyway, like I said, especially, especially you know, especially if you're over fifty. Get your anus horribles tip. Please, please do. Yeah, I, I know it feels embarrassing, but you know, come on. Uh, when do you think the uh, anus horribles was? What year? Wasn't it the year that Princess Diana died? No, that was ninety-seven. That was a different year. Oh, yeah. was it ninety-four? It was ninety-two. Wow. And what was it? Why was it horribles? Yeah, that's a good. It's uh, a good. Uh, good question. Uh, she said, it's not a year I wish I would look back with any undiluted pleasure. Uh, okay, these unpleasant events happened. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, separation of the Queen's second son, Prince Andrew, uh, from his wife, Sarah, Duchess of York. What happened to that Prince Andrew guy? He seems nice. Uh, <laughs> you just don't hear about him anymore. Yeah, divorce of the Queen's daughter, Anne, from okay. uh, Captain Mark Phillips. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, death by suicide of her nephew, uh, Prince uh, Albrecht. Uh, uh, Diana did a tell-all book, uh, Diana, Her True Story. Hmm. Uh, there were some photos of the Duchess of York, uh, topless, uh, sunbathing. I remember that. I think, I think I was in England when that happened, actually. Her friend, uh, is, John. You said this was 92. This is 92, yeah. I think I was in England that year when I think about it. Uh, there was a publication of intimate conversations between Diana, Princess of Wales, and James, uh, uh, Gilby from a tape recording of their phone calls. Uh, and there was a fire in Windsor Castle. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. And uh, and there you go. And then after the speech, uh, there was the separation of her son Charles from Diana. That happened after uh, she was talking about, oh, what a year I'm having. 
that was originally what she called it. She called it the oh, what a year I'm having here. <laughs> I, it was, I think, because Annis Mirabilis is the actual t- usual term. I think that she did like a, a, f- a little bit of fun. A little, uh, a little wit. A bit of Latin fun there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when she pulled the microphone out of the stand and just went, and what else is going on? <laughs> started, doing so some, anyway, started doing some slam poetry. Yeah, how about tape recordings, huh? Oof, didn't <laughs> learn from Nixon, did we? <laughs> anyway, keeping abreast of the news. Speaking of which, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was sun, she was sunbathing on the deck of a yacht. I know. And someone and some guy with like a a zoom lens the, the size of a cannon in a helicopter shot you know took pictures of her. I mean I don't think that's fair like to her. She wasn't like wasn't like she was walking down Carnaby Street with her with her breasts hanging out. She was yeah. in a private situation on a boat in the middle of nowhere where no one was around except for some dodo in it with with a giant zoom lens. So you know what? Shame on him, not on her. Yeah. No, absolutely. Hey, shame on everyone. The <laughs> Called them on all this stuff. None of this stuff matters. <laughs> Why were you listening to their phone call? Like any of this stuff is bad, right? <laughs> You're right. It's like, hey, you got a divorce. Yeah, it happened. That happens. Whose business of it is yours? What was that? You wanted to break up with who? Prince Andrew? Okay, good call. <laughs> That's right. Looking back on it, well played. <laughs> yes, fine. Oh my gosh. That's right. I couldn't even hug him without him squeezing on my hand like a wet soap. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Lisa had Lisa took a lesson from uh, Mark Phillips, actually. Is that right? Yeah, she took a writing lesson from him. He came here and did a clinic. Well, I guess more than one writing lesson, but she came here and took a clinic with Mark Phillips. Yeah. Oh, nice. I will one day when she's on the show, I'll have her. Exp- I tell you all about it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm take, saying take all her nice, stories. like it's not, like it's all nice. Who knows it was all nice? But like, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. We should have her on. The show. See if you can get her. On the show, talk to her people. <laughs> okay, we'll make arrangements. See yeah, if I we'll, can make, get, see we'll if make I some get. arrangements, and we'll uh, we'll see what's happening. You know, I, tell, I'll yeah. tell you, I don't want to make any promises, but I, I think I have an in. Okay, don't want to make any vows, <laughs> deep vows. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I don't want to make any promises except to her. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's weird looking back on that. You know, when you when you're like, uh, oh, when was her really really bad year? And you're thinking like, mm, yeah, I can think of that year. That wasn't the year. Oh, <laughs> well, how about, mm, I know, I know what you're talking about. Not at all. Really? When? 92. Why? Uh, topless photos. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, oh, I don't think. I, I think, get it, yeah, but. I think if she could have seen the future, she wouldn't have said that, but she couldn't see that the Princess Diana was going to, was going to die in a car accident. So she was. She was referring to a year that was in her immediate. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. I just feel, looking, looking back on yeah. it, just like let's remember when we say, "Oh, this is the worst year ever." <laughs> eh, you know, maybe, 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 maybe. I don't know. I, I feel, I feel like the queen is like my grandma. Oh, in, well, in the sense that she's a tough old bird, and I actually have a lot of like, I have a lot of, I give a lot of like, uh. I don't know what the word is. I give a lot of like props, rope. I give her a lot of rope. I give her like a, <laughs> because uh, you know I just like just I have a hard time condemning her because I'm just like when I, when she does things like people are all mad at her about something. You know I'm kind of like well oh well, there's no winning. There. She's just my grandma. Like that's all it is. Like my grandma wouldn't have my grandma wouldn't have shown any. You know like if I had come with to my grandma with like a skin knee. You know I didn't get any any like sympathy from her. 
No, if you got a deep conversation going with my grandfather, uh, oh boy, that'd be trouble. It's, it's best. It's best. You know, yeah. You didn't really dive too deep there. That's exactly right. You don't want to know all yeah. of his thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to know. Yeah. Look, here's here's she. Look, there's no winning being her. You know, you do your thing, and and the best you can do is just don't make a fuss, and it's fine. You know, I, I, they'll like you if there's a war and you stick around. That's we right. like that. Good for you. Um, you seem to be nice to the Beatles. We like the Beatles. That's good. Yeah, nice. <laughs> you, gave, um, you gave them a, you gave them an, an OBO or whatever you gave them. Yeah, we like to see OBE. I mean OBE, not an OBE. Yeah, if, we, if there's a baby around and you're like nice to the baby, we're all for that. Sure, that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and maybe occasionally for the Olympics, if you do a sketch with. Uh, James Bond, and you jump out of a uh, plane, that's fun. We're good with that. And aside from that, you know, just keep to yourself. That's fine. We appreciate it. Yeah, that's a good example of, like, her actually listening to her handlers and, and do like, taking their advice in a good way. You know, I think that's, like, like, the whole reaction to Princess Diana dying was, like, a debacle. Because, you know, she was, like, giving the public space to mourn. Yeah. And didn't understand that they wanted to, her to mourn with them. But that's not her place, and never has been. No, her it's place. not her place. But that's that's she was why being people a react. Traditionalist, she understood yeah. what her job was, and people were like, "No, change and be different." <laughs> exactly. Like, that's not how this works. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know how do you feel? Well, I don't get to tell you how I feel. When have I ever told you how I feel? <laughs> unless it's something so extreme that there's only one way to feel. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes no sense. You don't want to hear my problems <laughs> like if the queen complained about her problems you just get mad that's right you're so rich rich lady doesn't do anything yeah 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 i'm not i'm not a. am canadian so i'm not i'm not too anti-monarchical but um see unlike australian people they're very much that way they really don't like the queen they're very far away from her well they're very far away from her and then you know they don't understand. They get it's mad not, at her. It's not the best history. Yeah, there's a lot of. Well, they yeah. get they get mad at her because she's wearing a fur coat in summer, <laughs> and they don't understand. They're just like, what What's going on, stupid queen? But you know, like the. But here in Canada, we're we're you know we're kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. We're just kind of like, yeah, she's on her money. It's kind of kind of nice, I guess. But that's the familiarity is that she's yeah. on everything. Yeah. So we but we don't like feel like, we don't really feel like her like. Ooh, like her overwhelming presence, like like squ- squishing down on us, like that's not that's not how she feels. It's kind of like it's kind of like she's like a distant aunt or something, like or an, you know a distant like old aunt that we. If your aunt see. was on, if you saw your aunt's face multiple times a day, yeah, on, yeah. on different objects. Well, yeah, like if you lived in a house where like your mom really liked your aunt and she had all these pictures of her everywhere, that's what it's like. But she's just distant, right? Like we don't. She doesn't. She doesn't really interfere with what we're doing. She doesn't really have anything to do with our day-to-day existence. But you know, she's still around. In our, you know, she still has some sort of like uh, symbolic meaning or whatever, symbolic role. But I, it's not. You know, so so I'm like. I, what I mean is, I'm not like pro her or or I'm not really for her and I'm not really against her. I'm just kind of like she's the queen. But I feel like. I wouldn't want to do that job. That's <laughs> how I feel about. Like I just think that would be like so. It just wouldn't be for me. Like all like the the visiting and all those sort of all those sort of royal obligations of like you know that they all have to do and they just do it. You know, like and you, know, you can't have like a life. Like you can if you're like minor. 
But if you have any kind of major position, you can't you can't have a life. Like you can't go get a job, and you can't get a job that you want. You have to get a job that's like prescribed for you. You know, like you can't be like Harry wanted to be like a helicopter pilot in the army. And they're like, well, no, you can't because that will kill you. So you can't do that. You know, he's like, yeah, but I want to. And they're like, no, you can't. So get that idea out of your head. Find a job that you you can do that's safe, like you know, a marshmallow tester or something. But yeah, so I don't know. I just wouldn't. I just feel like. I guess there's trade-offs. You have there's a bunch of money or whatever, but I don't know. Well, what do you spend it on? Well, that, that's it, you know. Yeah, you're gonna go out to a nice place to eat. Like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with it? You mm-hmm. know, travel maybe, but you know, you, you got people looking at you constantly and weirdos taking photos with a, a telescopic <laughs> lens yeah, for the moon. So you, you know, you can't like you know leave a window open. Yeah, it's a it's a, ugh. like yeah. I, I understand you know like, we quit. Good makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, I, I know people that were like, how dare they? How dare they? Fuck off. <laughs> what, how dare the Harry and, and Megan yeah. quit? Yeah. Well, I'm, I don't think it's wrong that they quit, but I do think it's wrong that they're still like, that they still get some royal prerogatives. I feel like if they're out, they're out. Do they? Okay. You don't, you don't get any, uh, anything for, you know, past service or anything like that. You don't get a retirement plan or anything. <laughs> well, just like they, they have a, he has a pretty juicy retirement plan. Don't worry about that. Yeah, they're fine. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, so what? What are the royal perks? That I mean, they should I mean, get? he's right. He's he, if he wants to step out, he's right. Like, he has no unless like Prince William dies and then his children die, then Harry is up, up, up. You know, but that seems very. That's a very f- far fetched situation. I mean, it could happen, but who wants it to? And it's very far fetched. And he saw again. He saw what happened to his mom with the, you know, with everything and the press and what mm-hmm. have you. And it's like, do you want to have your family go through that? Like, I, that's no. Yeah. That, I get it, hundred percent. Like, mm-hmm. makes makes sense. Walk away. But you, but you, but you, you think they shouldn't get? Like, what's the thing that they get? That's the royal thing that they well, shouldn't get. Weren't they? Weren't the? Weren't they going to be bought a house? I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm not, it's, I'm not you know what? I shouldn't even say that. I would, I, t- let me let me walk it back. I don't care. Oh, very good. Okay. I don't care. I don't really care. It's, very good. As long as it's their money, I don't care. And for the most part, the queen lives on her own income, and she doesn't like get. To, she, you know. Yeah, she's British, got an Etsy. She's got an Etsy page. She does craft. <laughs> she does. She, she makes, mostly sells. She makes earrings. She sells beadwork. Yeah. She sells some macrame yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, well, a little bit of needlepoint but not so much now because she's got the shaky hands and all corgi based it's just kind yeah, of all, all corgi yeah. all the time macrame corgis little corgi earrings that she makes out of uh, she uses uh, kind of a glass thing with a, a copper edging to it it's pretty right. nice. anytime one of the corgis dies she stuffs it she's a taxidermist she and she it. stuffs you it know what? And she, she hasn't had she hasn't had corgis for quite a while and she just got a new puppy and because she didn't and it was uh, kind of against character for her to get the por- corgi, so I'm I'm kind of worried that she's sad or something because um, she wouldn't get dogs before because she didn't want to leave them behind when she died. So she, when she reached a certain age, when she just let the corgis die a natural death and did not replace her dogs because she didn't want right. to have dogs that would carry on and be someone else's responsibility after she died. Well, it's okay. It's the it's the old royal thing where the dogs have to be buried with her. So they have to like bury the living dogs with her. And that and people don't like seeing that no, and shove no dogs you're right, you're right. into the coffin as well. They're trying to get out. Sure. Like and they got to shut the coffin. Yeah, yeah. It's like Arr! I was like well, what's going to happen? Are they going to let them out? It's like you got to tell the kids. Oh sure, they'll let them out and dig them up later. But you know, it's ancient Egyptian rules. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. it's even worse for 
you know, her handmaidens. Does she have handmaidens? <laughs> I don't know. Ladies, ladies in waiting. What are they called? Wow, they've been waiting a while, huh? <laughs> Whoa! Come on! I don't think it's coming. Whatever you're waiting for. <laughs> I think they. Yeah, that's it. I wish, however. I wish, however, that Queen on Our Money was like the old, like the old 1950s Queen, like the really young looking one. Okay. I would prefer that. I don't know. I just kind of, I don't know. It was, it was kind of nice to have like this young looking Queen. Have you ever seen like 50s dollar bills? Oh, or yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks, she looks great. Yeah. And then, well, it's going to be at this weird. point, it's gonna be... at this point, yeah. it's speaking of marshmallows, it's like, you know, we have this sort of melting marshmallow on our, on our money. Like, come oh, on. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Look, let me tell you this much. <laughs> You're when they yes. when they do have to when she does pass away. Yeah, um, uh, she will. And <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, what are you laughing at? I don't. <laughs> I just, I just, I just again. I'm going with the idea that she and her husband are vampires. Okay. And one day, accidentally open the blinds, and then it's the sun. And okay. That's how she'll pass away. Sure, sure. Um, and just poof. But uh, they'll have to change the money. And uh, it'll, you know, it'll be, you know, uh, we, we, the we king, whatever his name is, um, and uh, William, and William, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, we Willie William, and uh, and you'll see his face on all the money, and you'll go, Ugh. <laughs> you're right, I will. Really, it'll be like very off-putting. You're yeah, just yeah. like, no, I want, I want an older lady on my money. I feel yeah. more secure. Who's this young guy? He's younger than me. I don't like this. He can't handle money. Why is he on my money? That doesn't seem right. Was there? Yeah, you're right. I suddenly feel like we're living in like some like down market uh, principality in some remote part of Europe. You know, with with him on their money. Yeah, I think that would be the time that people would. And you gotta you can't immediately go. No, we're out. Yeah, and you, know, you can't do that. <laughs> But I think that that is no, going to be can't. a time where, you know, we would consider maybe going like, we don't need to really be connected to the royal family, really. <laughs> and and yeah. I think regardless, people by that point are going to look at their money and just go, Ugh, no, I don't want that. I don't. We can just do digital. Digital is fine. We don't need money, money. That's what everyone, will, everyone will convert to Bitcoin. Yeah, everyone will convert to Bitcoin and whatever those transferable pieces of art and what happened? Non fungible tokens. No, not fungible tokens. Hey, any any piece of Dave's, by the way, art for Sneaky Dragon would make a lovely non fungible token. That's true. There you go. Yep. Um, yeah. No, you're. I think you're absolutely correct. And then, if uh, you could have money, you could have digital money with uh, the aristocracy on it. It would be over Bitcoin. But anyway. Mm, I get you. Get it, folks? Because the uh, anyway. Because they have a lot of money, but they don't spend it on teeth. <laughs> I think it's just genetic, but okay. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, you've got that much money. Just have them all pulled and just put holographic teeth in. <laughs> that doesn't work. And it'll be beautiful. Okay. It'll just be the most beautiful and smile. Eat, and eat holographic food? Yeah. Why not? Hmm. A nice hollow burger. Nom, 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 nom. So good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had one of those uh, Kevin Smith movie burgers. Uh, this week. I don't know what that means. Well, I'll tell you. Um, in the uh, Kevin Smith movies, okay. such as, uh, such as, what was the one with uh, Alanis Morissette and it's all about God? Dogma. Dogma. As in or Dogma. Chasing Amy, perhaps? Sure. Maybe Mallrats is the second film. Their version of McDonald's is called Movies. And like there was, uh, because Movie was a calf, they had kind of a golden calf. 
kind of thing uh, to go with the dogma. Anywho, um, so occasionally they will open in various uh, uh, cities a pop-up version of movies, and you can then get like merchandise from you know the movies. I didn't do that, uh, but like you can also get you know burgers uh, and fries or you know what have you. Uh, hater tots they have. They call them hater tots. That's a funny name. And you can get them in uh, regular uh, or vegan. I went with the regular. Okay. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I had it delivered, and it was uh, mediocre. <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah, it was kind of like, it was like, mm, this is like one of the movies. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> technically, technically, it's a burger. It's fine. Uh, I don't regret having it. I don't regret it. But, you yeah. know, would I, would I have it again? No, probably mm. not. Yeah. But uh, there, it was fine. It was fine. Unless it pops up five years from now and you'll be like, oh, I should get a burger from, from movies. That would be good. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that. And then maybe I'll watch that Ben Affleck scene from Chasing Amy where he's talking to her in the car. And I remember at the time going, that's a well-written scene. And then I watched it again years later uh, when I was in a good relationship and went, Jesus, run, <laughs> run, run from Batman, run, run from Daredevil. <laughs> There's oh, a scene. Uh, there's a scene in the in the late the later one of those Silent Bob ones where they have Ben Affleck and the actress who played Amy in that movie. Yeah, and he actually says in the, in the scene there that it should have been she should have been the main character, which I thought was yeah yeah, yeah that's right. There you go. Yeah, good but, good but movie were, criticism of your own movie. <laughs> yeah, they were you know that's the thing, but you you know you're a certain degree of maturity at the time where you're doing a certain thing, and it's like for the things that he was doing at the time. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's a step up, and you're right. I mean, over time, you look back and go, ooh, but that's because, you know, if, if you had written out all of your opinions on life at that age as yeah. well, you'd look back on them and go, gah. I mean, I, again, I look at, like, my autobiographical comics at times and just go, no, this can't ever see the light of day. There's, <laughs> there's thoughts sometimes of just like, I should just print them all. Oh, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> At all? No, that should oh, not happen. I own them all, that's, so I'll print them for you. That's great. Okay, well, the lawsuit is your way. <laughs> um, I never liked chasing Amy. Actually, I liked Clerks well enough. You know, it seemed like you know yeah. an accomplished film, and for what it was, you know, like that. And I feel the same way about like El Mariachi. You know, for what it was, it was an accomplished film. Mm-hmm. But I did not like anything he did after that, except for. Jersey Girl, which I quite, I thought that was quite a good movie. Did Jersey Girl have the scene where he was going to make a big speech? Was this the one with George Carlin? Yeah, yeah. Okay, loathe that it's, scene more than any other scene. And it's in, not, in it's, not a, it's not a, it's not a perfect. It's not a perfect film. It's not. No, there's no, that, but that's there's no the perfect whole, Kevin Smith film. But no, no, but that, that scene it was like this big lead up to. You know, he's going to have to make this speech yeah. that will convince everybody that this is the right thing. And like, oh boy, you really set yourself up. But you know what? Kevin Smith can be a pretty good writer sometimes. He's, I'm sure he's gotten that speech loaded. This is the only reason he's been setting it up the whole movie. And then when you get to it, it's a montage. And then over music, we see him talking to the people, but not saying anything. We don't see it. And at the end of it, people go, that was a great speech. Fuck you. 
Fuck you. No, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, I know what you're saying. No, yeah, yeah you don't you don't get to do that. That's that's, a, that's a big no. That's not good. Yeah, it's yeah. the one I enjoyed the most of. Uh, besides, I like Clerks probably the most, but uh, the one yeah. I the one of the later ones I, I enjoyed the most. I guess Dogma is uh, all right, but Dogma. But the problem with Dogma is every character that comes out uh, then basically uh, does their whole Bible and then also says, "Well, obviously," and just and just explains. Yeah. Everyone just explains, and you know, occasionally <laughs> there's some action, which is yeah. fine. But it's just so much explaining. I'm just like, it's, well, of course this happened, which this happened. Yeah. Don't be stupid. It, it reminded me of the scene that I hate in every vampire movie, uh, which I'll put into mind about the royal family, which is there's always <laughs> someone going, yeah, you've heard the things that can beat a vampire. Yeah. But that's all bullshit. But it's always like one thing is wrong. And there is, oh, sure, sunlight kills them. And a stake through the heart will kill them. But, you know, they don't mind garlic. So that's all bullshit. And that's what it felt like with that, but with Bible things. Yeah. You might think that Jesus was this, but he was this. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but the rest was all right. Yeah, yeah, the rest was all right. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't, and, you know, it's that, that movie came out at a time when, like, movies like Slacker could come out and just be all talk, all talk, no action at all. That movie has no, mm, I guess just a little action in the beginning. But other than that, no, it just goes from person yakking at you to person yakking at you. And I love it. Although I don't know if I'd love it now, but I loved it then. Like, you know, when sure. I was, I was at, of, of an age or of a, of an era that, that was, that seemed meaningful and interesting. You know, I'm not going to watch Dogma again. That's fine. I don't need to. No, that's time you could spend watching yoga hosers. <laughs> that, that movie I am interested in. Unlike Tusk. That- Tusk, yeah, I wasn't and, so into. Yeah, no, I don't want to see Tusk. I'm not into uh, body horror like that isn't really. No, but I mean, good for him trying stuff, and he seems, you know, seems like a nice fellow. So, you know, good for him, and uh, I wish him the best of health as well. <laughs> We're also going to put him down for his lame, oh, his fine. lame burgers and his lame lame burger no, movies. It was, it was mediocre burger. It was a mediocre burger, meaning it was okay as a burger. It's a burger, and we don't like your film burgers either. Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah, know that. But you know, <laughs> for people that like the stuff, that's great. I see. To me, I look at Kevin Smith, yeah. and then I look at someone like a um, Seth Rogen, and Seth Rogen grew up really liking Kevin Smith stuff. Yeah. And to me, Seth Rogen is Kevin Smith, but like really put the work in, and just really, 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 really put work in. And so he's like surpassed yeah. what Kevin Smith has done, but they're sure. very similar kind of situations. And uh, and then you know because of the stoner stuff you mean or well I mean yeah even though Kevin Smith wasn't that much of a stoner before Seth Rogen kind of turned him into that um, okay but they both were kind of you know wanted to be filmmakers and they both you know were writing very young and there's a lot of things and they're both physically not that different you know as in like you know average looking guys you would not normally see being the leads in movies but wanting to you know do this kind of stuff and then and then Seth Rogen really like put the work in and like every movie that Seth Rogen does is a very different movie than the last movie he did mm. like especially if he's producing it very very different yeah. and Kevin Smith to a degree is doing that as well but then ugh, what are you doing again i look at <laughs> yoga hosers yeah i mean ugh, what are you going to do <laughs> Well, I I don't want to I don't want to begrudge someone for like 
you know, enjoying trashy cinema and like having some fun with that, with yeah, that sure. stuff. That's that's fine. I, I I would be more. You know what? I would rather look at it generationally and and compare. We've already kind of mentioned him, but compare Smith to someone like Richard Linklater, where the, they're both writer directors. Okay. You know, and I think that Linklater. And he was a, the reason Kevin Smith thought he could do movies. Yeah, it was was uh, slacker. Mm-hmm. It was like the biggest influence. Yes. And I think that Linklater's had a much more interesting career and much and to me more much more successful. You know, in terms of you know ver- ver- variety and and you know like if you Richard like he's kind of one of those directors where you go he directed this and he also directed this and you go he directed that oh that's weird here's here's I think where he did a, I'm going he did with, a baseball movie he did a baseball movie <laughs> here's where I think I'm going with like the Smith Rogan thing is like I feel like Kevin Smith does movies for and again who knows what do I fucking know I know nothing <laughs> yeah um, what do you know you think the royal family are vampires. Yeah, I think there's a lot of fan service in the Kevin Smith movies. Okay. Like a lot of fan service. Like a lot of this character, you know, the characters in the yoga posters were in touch. I will say that that's kind of a later development. I I wouldn't say like Mallrats or Chasing Amy or Dogma necessarily have that. But I think by the time we get to Clerks 2, that's definitely – he's definitely like starting to like fall back on – Well, they do because they've got Jay and Silent Bob in all of them. Oh, do you mean like a universe or – well, this universe, but like, you know, when you're doing fan service, you know, you're not doing a movie that's like just its own movie without any ties. To, like, to yeah. me, like when you bring in Jay and Silent Bob into your movie, you're like with Dogma, they're saturated and they're, they're, they're like in that yeah, throughout yeah, the whole yeah, movie. Yeah. So, you know, that's your safety. That's your safety. Sure. Thing. You're not, you know, whereas if Seth Rogen's doing something like the interview, there's not a tie in to, yeah. oh, remember Knocked Up? Yeah. yeah. And Pineapple Express? How about this? Did you like, you know, uh, the, what's it? Uh, this is the end? Because, uh, you know, there was, and, and all of those could have had fan service and reference to past things, but it's like, no, I'm doing a full new movie for you. Here's the full new movie, and I'm going to fully go all out, and I'm going to do something shocking probably in each one of these that you will not expect. It will not go in the direction you expect, but it will be, you know, hopefully a satisfying film. Whereas the Kevin Smith just seems to, Eh, it doesn't give you. I don't know. Again, I don't want to slam anyone for doing anything, uh, but it's a little too fan wankery for me. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking. Uh, well, when you were talking about Seth Rogen, did he write Knocked Up? I thought he just was like acted in some of those movies. Yeah, he did just uh, act in Knocked Up, but he I wrote don't wanna... uh, Super Bad. Yeah, yeah. I I just feel like he's got a slightly smaller filmography than Kevin Smith as well in terms of like absolute like hands on the tiller. You know, wrote, directed, like super bad. The interview, obviously. Yeah, um, uh, this is the end. This is the end. Which um, I don't really like super bad very much. What is the other one you said? Uh, super bad pineapple express. Did he do pineapple express? He didn't write pineapple express or direct I, it because that's directed by. Um, really? Yeah, he didn't direct. Wait it. a minute. Wait a minute. Let's see. All right. Uh, yeah, he wrote pineapple express. Oh, okay, but he didn't direct it. No, he you know it was directed by David Gordon Green. Yeah, but he wrote yeah he wrote Pineapple Pineapple okay. Express. Oh, that's good. That that, that that's a movie I like a lot actually. Despite the you know it's a kind of a stoner movie, but unlike say a stoner movie like Up in Smoke, which starts off pretty good but quickly becomes tedious, Pineapple Express knows how to like keep the plot going along. It does fall apart in the last part of the movie, but and though I'm not a big fan of it, he also wrote uh, Green Hornet. The I know, but you go from <laughs> Superbad, which is 
you know, buddy comedy, kind of slightly weird characters, yeah. you know, uh, but it's like grounded in reality. Then you go to like the next stage, which is like Pineapple Express. Now we've like set up, you know, oh, we're going to do kind of stoner, that, this kind of thing. Yeah. Then Green Hornet. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> okay. Well, what's after that? This is the end. Oh, okay. Well, that's a very different movie. What's after the interview? It's just, yeah. these are very different, interesting, big movies, big movie ideas. That, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the risks. Sure, sure. Yeah, those the the last the final two are very good. Uh, this is the end and and the interview. And then did you? I'm trying to think if you wrote Sausage Party. Never saw Sausage Party. He did. He was one of the writers on Sausage Party. You know, where you're like, let's make a Pixar movie where they all are just fucking. Like, okay. Huh. I mean, it's not for me, <laughs> yeah. but it's definitely a I big guess, idea. I guess. I guess a five minute idea made into a ninety minute movie is going to be entertaining. But okay. <laughs> Yeah, have you got that many jokes? Okay. <laughs> I hope so. Good luck. I don't think that's... Is that a very well-regarded film? I don't know. This, not, is a, this is a good question. It's not one I've ever felt... Uh, you know, that I just feel it would be too disturbing. I don't, I'm not really... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Critical response. Uh, it has uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 82%. Ah, there you go. Based on 234 reviews. That's the critical reviews, not the fan reviews. Fan on Metacritic, it's got uh, 66 out of 100, based on all those critics. Uh, audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film a grade of B on a scale of A plus to F. Hmm. Well, that's not bad, I guess. 66 on Metacritic, that seems the most accurate one, but whatever. Exactly. I've never whatever. Se- I've never seen it, so I'm not and yeah, I probably won't see that just because it sounds it just sounds disturbing. I'm just I'm just <laughs> I'm a very sensitive soul, Dave. You are. I'm of I'm of the more the life's too short school. I'm a, I'm a bit of a delicate I, flower. Why can't I so. watch Sausage Party when I'm going to watch some stupid movie from 1963, a version of the Day of the Triffids? Right, or uh, Russian Roulette from 1975, so you can see a couple of Vancouver locales. In my defense, in my defense, it kept turning off. And I saw, that's why I stopped watching uh, Dark Shadows because it kept turning off. So it was very frustrating, and I just couldn't can hack it anymore. There was uh, uh, the, uh, the family members uh, that were in my home, as in my wife and my sister in law. Uh, they were watching um, that uh, film Runaway. Well, speaking of Vancouver locations, uh, oh, yeah, the other day filmed in Sunshine Hills, part of that movie. Yeah, and uh, Robson Square, big scene in Robson Square. That's uh, Michael Crichton uh, was the director and the yep. writer. Yep. Uh, and Tom Selleck is the lead with Gene Simmons uh, and Kirstie Alley is also in it. And uh, that's an unwashable piece of shit. Oh, boy. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> so you give it on Rotten Tomatoes, it gets 83%. Uh, let's see. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes went, fuck you. Oh, wow. It's tough. No, Ooh. it's actually Rotten Tomatoes, 50%. Hmm. It's a real coin flipper. <laughs> it's a real... You, you say, I've already flipped the coin, and it landed in some shit. Yeah. Uh, Roger Ebert thought uh, Selleck and uh, Gene Simmons gave good performances, but it uh, quickly became mired in cliches, while Gene Siskel thought the core premise was intriguing, but poorly executed. Mm. And they're not wrong. <laughs> Don't even know what's about it. I just remember... I remember it was filming in... Near, near where we lived in North Delta in Sunshine Hills, the the hoity-toity part of North Delta, and I and you know that seemed interesting. They were making a movie, but yeah, other than that, I never never too it was tempted. The big, it was a big film though. Like I remember, like that was 
before we really became a place where they were shooting movies. Oh and yeah, so yeah. It was huge that anyone was in that thing. And oh were, yeah, yeah it was big. Cow. It was big. Yeah, but I it, always like getting confused with Free Jack, just because <laughs> you know it's again it's the villain is a is a rock and roller. It's you know very of the time. Sure. And uh, Free Jack, the Free Jack wasn't shot here. <laughs> Mick Jagger is the villain. Free Jack. Yes, I know. I may have seen that film. Sure. But I wouldn't you? I don't remember. It was a time when I was seeing every movie, so I saw it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I would even see horror movies around then too, even though I hate horror movies. But like I would see I would see it. Yeah. And it's set it's it, the movie was nineteen ninety two, but it was set in the far off year of two thousand and nine. Oh. This was a weird one. We were watching last night. Uh, we watched Akira, which I haven't really seen since since it first came out. And uh, that's set now. Like, this is the far-off future. Right now, basically. And the weird thing is, uh, Neo-Tokyo in it is getting ready for the Olympics. It's like, <laughs> what the hell? Oh, funny. Yeah. And I, I remember I, I went to see it. I, I may have, Did I see that with you? That movie at the Ridge? Akira? Yeah. No, I've never seen Akira. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it at the Ridge. You might have saw it. And... You probably went with Bruce. I probably went with my friend Bruce. That's true. Uh, and uh, the be- apparently my wife uh, back then went as well. Uh, and I went like, oh, it was like we were on a date without being a date. And she went, I was 14. I went, well, no, not at all then. <laughs> that adorable thing we occasionally say, forget that. No. Um, but, yeah, it's set, it's set now. And, uh, you know, I remember two things. I remember – them uh, motorcycle uh, fight with clowns on motorcycles at the beginning. Yeah. And I remember the ending being gross and uh, the audience just going, yeah. And it was interesting watching the audience. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Lisa often, well, not, she doesn't say it so much now, but she often used to say, I wish I knew you when you were younger. I wish we met when I was 20. And, I, mm. and I'm like, no, you don't. Like what? You met, you want to meet me when you're in grade 12 and I was in grade eight. Like I just would have been a twerp, a twerp to you. Now let's 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 like whine, let this thing age a little bit. All I can think is like sometimes my wife will tell me um, uh, uh, something that happened to her when she was younger, where I think she was treated unfairly, and I go like, ah, I wish I knew you then. I wish I could have been like there to just go, don't be a jerk to whoever was saying the thing, mm. or like you know, slide you a comic book or a movie or something to like encourage you that you would have <laughs> liked that. Or, Something like that. That's called grooming. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. It works. It's not if you, if you don't go. Shut up. It's not what it is. Oh, that's good. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Again, thank you. It's made it creepy. My, that was a nice thing, and it's bad now. Sorry. I feel as gross as the guy at the end of Akira. I read. Here's the thing, too. I I, I watched it, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Pia, who again I've been referring to as my wife for short, short-handed sake, uh, was saying how um, that the, the 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 manga is much longer and much more depth, and there's all these characters that appear in this. Oh yeah, I'm sure that had, do nothing, and it's like there's a, there's a female character that kind of gets like really fridged a bit near the end. I was like, that's a drag. Um, uh, she, yeah, it was, it was interesting hearing her, you know, fill me in on this. And, and then at the end of it, I was like, okay, 
So that was it. And again, it ends as it ends. Yeah. And then I was like, I should read Wikipedia and just read that plot. And I'm reading the plot and just going, when did that happen? <laughs> when did this happen? And then you read like what the ending is supposed to be completely. Yeah. And just like, huh? <laughs> Not at all. That's no. That? All right. If you say so, throw up my hands. I'll watch it again in another 20 years. <laughs> Maybe you'll get understand it then. Maybe I'll get well. Yeah, I'll watch it when uh, Taiko Watiti uh, does the does the you know the other. Did I say his name wrong? Were you correcting me on that? No, just, you said it right. Okay. You said it right. This is, I okay. know it's the first time. Uh, okay, well, we'll try not to make that happen. <laughs> don't make a don't make a habit of it. Yeah, when he does it, I'm sure it'll be fine. And it'll uh, be clearer to me, and it'll all make sense. Yeah, when I went now, to see, when I went to see Akira, I got mixed up, and I was sitting there in the theater, and you know, all waiting for the movie, and then it opened. It said Akira. Wrath of God. And I was like, what? I've, uh, well, I'll watch this crazy conquistador going down a river. <laughs> That's a Werner Herzog joke for everyone out there. I know there's, I know there's guys out there that, or guys. I know that some of you kids, I know that some of you kids, I don't want to say guys, I know that some of you kids out there enjoyed that. Yeah. And they're all going more Werner Herzog jokes. <laughs> yeah, please, um, please. Now, Dave, normally at this no. time of the show, I know. I turn, I turn it over to you and say, hey, uh, tell us about uh, your favorite. Uh, vampire-based soap opera. Yeah, and we've gotten letters from people going uh, very much enjoy that. <laughs> I know. Uh, I feel, well, what's I going bad. on this week? Are you telling me there's a problem? Uh, yeah, there is a problem because I because as I well, I'm going to play the beginning of the show. But anyway, <clears throat> I um, excuse me, everyone. I uh, I missed. I I couldn't really watch the show this week because of, of our internet issues. I could watch it, but what what happened was uh, usually about. At some point into it, the internet would cut out, and so the show would freeze. And then I would have to like turn off the tab and then reopen Tubi, and then find it. And for whatever reason, one of the irritating things about Tubi, it doesn't have like a you're you know you're watching or continue watching or whatever. <clears throat> or and, it, and its recommendations are kind of very weird, you know. So it's kind of like you're watching Dark Shadows. You should watch Dark Shadows at the beginning. Uh, why don't I just put the one I'm watching there? Because I'm still watching it. But anyway, so then I have to d- find it and then start it again, and then it would play a little bit, and then it would shut off. And after you know, after that, I just was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm, I'll wait till the, I'll wait till whatever's going on here resolves itself. So, so I didn't. I watched a bit of it, but not enough to to make an interesting uh, Dark Shadows uh, overview. So, so yes. So those of you who have been uh, trying to catch up and and to watch it with me. This is your chance. This is your chance. And uh, and it'll be back next week. Part of the problem is I've been super tired too because we had a surprise at work. One of one of the longtime guys who worked there for many many years, longer than me, like like over over oh, at least eighteen years there, quit suddenly out of the blue. Oh, last or late last week, just um, went out for a went out for a meeting, you know, kind of a meeting with with our warehouse manager. They went to a restaurant and. They, I guess they attempted to like kind of hash out con- whatever concerns was you know making him what you know make these uh, these decisions, but it didn't work, and I guess he just quit. And um, and so yeah, this week you know we're down, and we're kind of down two people because another guy that works there he injured his knee last week. He badly aggravated an already existing injury. Oh, and so. He's on light duty, so we're we're really down in terms of manpower. So when we had a big trailer come in on Tuesday, that was this full of like 
it was just so complicated and so it all, and so the, the person who left was that was his job before was to to do the the trailer receiving and so he's gone so it fell to me to do it and so i've done it in the past but you know it's not a regular thing so it was kind of overwhelming and trying to get it all done and so i was just like exhausted from doing the trailer on tuesday and then i was exhausted on wednesday from like receiving all the stuff and like organizing everything and you know putting all the track and into some semblance of order and so i could check it and get the springs all in boxes all in order and it just took a long time it was there was a lot of orders on the on the I think there was of all the doors that came in on on the trailer, there was only two like one stack of like a half stack of of commercial sections, and then like a couple of three doors, and the rest of it was all orders. So it was just like tons of stuff. And oh, then we no. have these big giant six inch springs that come in, and they're really heavy, and they, so they pelletize them. But the way they put the pellets, both the pellets broke during the journey, and so we had to like hand bomb all those off and restack them all. So that was so it was really like a super labor intensive and long and arduous and I was just like, oh, I'm so tired. And uh, because, and then there was just like basically two of us who were like able working on it with one person who's, who's doing light duty working the the forklift. It just made it like really long kind of, it just felt like a lot of work. So, so I've been, so that's another reason I was just too tired to like to do anything. So like, oh, I'm going to bed. So. Okay. All right. Well then, well. So I, my apologies to everyone who is looking forward to another, another week, but next week I promise I'll, I'll have, uh, sure. have more, more for us. Well, listen. This is all free. It's fun. We appreciate what you can do. And if you need a little, uh, you know, need a break, you take a break. It's fine, too. Don't, uh, don't worry about it. Thanks. Um, especially in this this day and age. Dave, Dave's not even on sugar right now. <laughs> That's true. That's the other problem. Oh, kind of a hand. Once he gets back on the sugar, then, oh, boy, oh. the well, recaps you're going to get. It's crazy. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to uh, do, do more healthy eating right now. I'm doing... Uh, I was I was thinking like, did I want to try a meal kit thing where they deliver things that I make? Because I always like making food. Yeah. Uh, but instead, I signed up for this thing uh, where I get recipes okay. for a week, for, but not like every every night. Like I, yeah, basically, yeah. the way to do it, you, you can choose from you know like um, uh, a series of different recipes, but you get three recipes, and they each kind of feed into the other one leftovers wise. Or like similar ingredients. Okay. So yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. It is a, it is a good idea. And so you know, I was making um, I made a roast chicken this week that uh, and I spatchcocked it, which I uh, meant to do. Um, and uh, <laughs> what does that mean, by the way? And that means where you take the spine out and you flatten it out. Oh oh wow. Yeah, and so it cooks evenly and quicker. Wow. Uh, and then yeah, cook that on some uh, on some potatoes, and uh, and then cut off uh like uh, the, the legs and then the legs the next day i used in a risotto that i was making uh and some other stuff from that uh you know the next time and then they they balance it out very nicely with vegetables as well and tonight it's a it's a vegetarian meal using uh a lot of the herbs and uh and uh, this yogurt dressing that i made last night so or last time so yeah it's fun i've been i've been enjoying it so far that's cool and uh, all the new recipes are coming out tonight that i get to pick for next week so i'm kind of excited about that too i like i like uh that kind of thing being kind of taken off my mind i don't have to think every night what to cook uh but it's also uh teaching me different cooking techniques which i'm enjoying as well so yeah, yeah. that's neat so do, so they just come like with a printed recipe is there like it's a, an app yeah can you watch videos that help you like through some of the more complicated things um sometimes because they also have they do have some videos 
okay. online. When uh, when you get the recipe, uh, it, uh, it it can talk you through it. You can either, you can have an audio version of it. Okay. You just have a straight recipe. It also like you know at the beginning lists all the ingredients for the week. You've got your you know uh, regular things that you normally have in your cupboard, and then the new things you'll probably need. And yeah, just the step by step instructions are very very clear. So yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been quite fun. Oh, sounds, uh, that sounds really good. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, I would just find it kind of intimidating the idea of taking a spine out of a chicken. Like, I would, like I would feel like I would need like some sort of visual gu- sure, sure, guide yeah. to that. Well, you know? uh, spatchcocking a chicken is not is not a, an unusual thing. There's many videos online about that. Oh, okay. Basically, okay. you take like you either use a knife or you use um, you know uh, what do you what do you call the scissors for a kitchen kitchen shears. And uh, yeah, you just I'm sorry if it's gross. You feel you feel up where the spine would be, and then just you know cut on both sides, and then the spine does kind of just come out, and then you flatten it, and yeah, it cuts uh, like about a half hour off the cooking time. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I hope the chickens can't hear you talking. Oh yes, I'm sorry. You do have chickens. I I apologize (laughs) to uh, any chickens that have been uh, listening to this conversation. (laughs) And I do know how to make risotto, but if I didn't know how to make risotto. This was a pretty good uh, way of like learning how to make risotto. So, so there you go. Yeah, Mary has Mary really likes the HelloFresh or whatever the equivalent is here in in Canada. Mm-hmm. I can't remember it's called, but anyhow. No, they do have HelloFresh here. Oh, okay. Cause... So yeah, like because when she and when she and Duncan were living together, with just the two of them, it it just seemed like a perfect way because you know you you don't have to go shopping. You know, it just comes to your door, and then you get a recipe with it, and you know, you get to, but you get to cook it yourself, and yeah, really like that. And so we, we, I think we did, we did do one, or I made one from from the recipe one time. The only, my only issue with it is it's it's a new recipe, so it, the whole time it just feels like you're being run over by a truck trying to make this thing. Like you're never like on time with any part of it. You know, you're always constantly behind the eight ball, and at the you know the the thing is boiling, and you're still trying to simmer this, and and no. then to get that fr- you know cooking, and oh boy, it's it's so overwhelming. So I would prefer like it, to me if you're doing something like that I would prefer like if they kind of repeated recipes over time, so that you come back again around two, and you're like ah. I know this one. I, I can do this. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. And yeah, of course you can. Yeah, that's the thing too. Because it's just recipes for me, I could just make it again if I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, no, sure, There's yeah, no problem. For sure. I mean, that, what I'm really kind of getting through this, aside from taking it out of my mind what to cook in the evening, is, uh, is, is learning skills as I'm going along. That's my hope. Okay. And so, you know, learning, learning a couple of things this week, they were like, oh, all right, that's good to know. Oh, this is an interesting thing. And we've rearranged the kitchen uh, in a way that's now much better for me to actually do some cooking too. And it's been nice too when, you know, Vicky drops by, we've got a couple of, you know, chairs, uh, stools by the kind of kitchen area where she and Pia can like hang out and talk and, and help out or do something. And it's been more communal and yeah, it's been nice. feels a bit like a kitchen party, you know, not that we can have kitchen parties now, but like the closest thing <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I'm also been inspired by uh, our uh, our uh, third dragon and friend uh, Nina Matsumoto. She puts up uh, pictures of the things she's cooked, and uh, boy, howdy, they look great. <laughs> boy, if this, yeah, just uh, oh my, my gosh, it's a it's a it's a big inspiration, you know, seeing that. I'm like, okay, I gotta learn how to make that. I gotta learn how to make that. So 
and look forward to um, you know seeing her when we're all needled up, and uh, look forward to seeing everybody. God damn, that's uh, that's going to be nice. It is, yeah. Lisa's um, Lisa is going to get uh, one pretty soon because she's they've decided teachers should get it. So. Right. So she is. Uh, I don't. She doesn't have an appointment yet or anything, but she is. She's on on the list, I guess, as being up up soon. So that's, yeah, that's it's, it's it's the time where you don't want to make the dumb mistake, man. It's like you're like, okay, we're really close. Oh, uh, come on. I yeah. wish we were saying that, but our, we've had another spike in cases here in BC. I know that's the thing. I think I think there's a there's a feeling now, just like, oh, we're gonna be fine then. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, fuck, and and again, yeah, variants and whatnot. You're just like, just fuck, just shoes. So I've I've become a lot more uh, uh, hermity. I've like really pulled back, and uh, That's good. yeah, it's good, but it's like ugh, it's it's tough. So I'm not sleeping much, though. I'm not, you know, I'm still like it's it's just tough because I'm not doing the things you do to relax. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going for walks as much. I know you can go for walks, but I'm not doing the things that I need to do. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, the exercise we're getting, we've got like an exercise bike here. We're doing that. We're doing some exercise stuff with video games. We're doing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm really missing going out and just visual stimulation and seeing things and talking to people. I mean, everyone is, obviously, but, like, I'm just I'm going, uh, I'm going bananas right now. <laughs> so looking forward to oof, and enjoying uh, doing a podcast once a week where I get to talk. <laughs> if, if you've heard me sounding somewhat manic on this, that's what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good it's a good opportunity for you to vent and Dave, I've got to talk to you about Russian roulette nineteen seventy five. Here's my problem with it. That's fine. That's Let me fine. just break down my issues with this movie that <laughs> well, seventy five. I, I countered your Russian roulette with my nineteen sixty three Day of the Triffids, so don't uh... Yeah. Hey, you hear Jessica Walter passed away today. I feel really bad about that. But anyway, it may reminded me. She was in Doctor Strange, the original movie. Remember that, Dave? Dave, Dave, do you want to talk about Doctor Strange? <laughs> uh, yes, beautiful woman, yeah. Yeah, she's uh, she's great. She had a, a wonderful career. Mm-hmm. Good, good on her. And again, folks, she was in Doctor Strange. <laughs> Why do I know that? Because even though I had seen it a long time ago, I forgot she was in it, um, I was watching... Uh, Runaways, the TV series. Okay. You can watch that on TV for free uh, in various forms. And um, Elizabeth Hurley was the villain in the final season uh, playing Morgan Le Fay. Okay. So I was looking up something about her and I went, she's the second person to play Morgan Le Fay in a Marvel related thing. Like, well, who was the other person? Jessica Walter. What? And yeah, she was Morgan Le Fay in the, uh, the, the big bad villain. In the, the Doctor Strange uh, TV movie, hmm. so like, hey. and then of course she did everything else in the world. She she was in everything, and she was amazing, and she was great. Yes, good for her. Good, good on her. Good on her. Now, Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna swap over to our letters. Uh, yeah, uh, that sounds things. like a, that sounds like a plan. Okay, I'm gonna write down a little. Um, I'm gonna write down a question of the week here for a second. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I got one. Uh, more. So I'll remember it, and we're good. Now, last week's question of the week was, what used to be your comfort food, if it's changed, or what is it now? And we also asked a sub-question that came from our friend Brent. If you're allowed only five smells in your life, what five smells would you choose? This sounds like an Oprah book. 
the five smells you smell in heaven. Um, Scott McGinnis starts off <laughs> the, uh, the letters uh, with, uh, hey, David, Ian, and the Worldwide Sneaky Fellowship. So thank you, Fellowship. Uh, do, um, okay, so are you reading from 485? Oh, should I read from earlier? Yes, there's one for, from uh, 484. All right, is that from Crystal? That's correct. Very good. 484, hey, Crystal, how are you? Uh, questions that week were, what's your longest friendship? What made it last? What famous person are you related to? Crystal writes, I've been listening to Sneaky Dragon for the past couple of months, having uh, worked my way through completely Beatles and needing something else entertaining to listen to while commuting to work. Well, thank you for listening to Completely Beatles. I absolutely love the podcast, and my little boy doesn't seem to mind either. Oh, nice. This may be my first comment, but it certainly won't be my last. Oh, all right. Uh, anyway, question of the week. The longest friendship has been one that's going on 30 years with a teacher who actually wasn't my teacher. Oh, that makes no sense. Uh, in school, I got along better with the teachers than my peers. In this particular case, I guess she saw something, uh, someone worth investing her time in mentoring. This friendship has lasted because she's the type of personality who likes to keep up with people and visit, even if it is just once or twice a year. She's positive and supportive, really wonderful friend. Oh, that's very nice. That is nice. Next question. I've spent over 20 years uh, doing family gene genealogy uh, and trying to see how uh, far back I can take the family tree. I've never come across a real celebrity in my lineage. There is a Lady Godiva dating back to the 1100s, but I doubt it's the real Lady Godiva, and certainly not the one from the Peter and Gordon song. Uh, nice. I did ask my family which relative they thought came closest to being famous, and they said uh, I was because I was interviewed for a History Channel program years ago. 15 seconds of fame, a very empty IMDb page because of this one interview. Plus one dollar won't even buy a cup of coffee. <laughs> well, Crystal, I've got an IMDb page and it is mostly wrong. So you know, <laughs> even if you got it, it won't it won't matter. And uh, look, you know what? You can always get a free cup of coffee. Don't worry about it. There's always lots of places to get a free cup of coffee. Do you want a cup of coffee? I'll make you a cup of coffee. I can't right now because it's a plate. But another time, I'm, another time I will. Um, now we're going to uh, episode four eighty five. What, did Crystal write us this week? You'll see. <laughs> uh, but back to Scott. Sorry, Scott. Again, back to uh, Scott saying, uh, hi, David and uh, Ian and the Worldwide Sneaky Fellowship. I hope everyone's well. We are, I think, generally. Dave's having internet problems. Um, it looks yeah. like we're heading out of the darkness of the last 12 months, and there's a wee bit of light on the horizon we were just talking about. I had my vaccine on Saturday. Congratulations. And I imagine more and more of you are getting yours too. Uh, not long now till everyone uh, can go out for a mask-free mingle. That sounds like something from the end of like a Tom Cruise movie. Um, you asked what our favorite comfort food was and is. Well, mine has always been a roll. Uh, was always a roll and pie. Uh, and we got a link at the bottom there to a delicious roll and scotch pie. Uh, you take a lovely soft morning roll. <laughs> and butter it with actual butter. Put it fresh in the oven. Uh, for, uh, put a fresh from the oven scotch pie in it and smother it in HP sauce. Delicious. <laughs> I don't eat them anymore for a few reasons. They don't sell them anywhere in my part of London. You can almost hear your arteries clogging with every mouthful. <laughs> and now I'm a vegetarian. Uh. 
So now my comfort food has to be macaroni cheese. Mac and cheese, as it's called on your side of the Atlantic. No frills, no fancy cheese, no bacon. Just plain old macaroni cheese. It's quick to make, fills you up. It makes you feel warm and satisfied, exactly what comfort food is supposed to do. Have you tried putting HP sauce on it? It's pretty good. <laughs> As for Brent's question about smells, yeah. off the top of my head, I choose fish and chip shops on Blackpool Prom. You know what, Scott? That sounds very stereotypical. <laughs> Talking to a British person going, what do you like? I like a fish and chip shop off Blackpool Prom. Yeah, look, it, we couldn't say that. They'd go, you just make it, that's just too on the nose. You just mentioned HP sauce in the last paragraph. Now you're saying this? I don't know. But okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. There's something about the delicious salt and vinegar smell wafting out from the shop, blending with the salty air that just works. I'd also have freshly cut grass. I know that's a common favorite, but it really does smell lovely. And while we're outside, my mm -hmm. third smell would be that weird smell you get when it rains for the first time after a long, dry spell. There's a name for that that I don't remember. I hate that smell. Oh, I love it. Oh, I hate that smell. I know people love oh. it, and I've just never liked it, that the ionization of the Oh, the it's so, such a good uh. smell. Uh, and there is a and there is a really cool word for it. Uh, I don't know what it is. I guess it must be the rain splashing against some mixture of dust, dirt, and dried insect poo. <laughs> next up, I would not have guessed this is the next one. Next up, I'd go for tiger balm. I had a pain in my elbow, and it was recommended I try using it. Uh, I took a while for my elbow to recover, and to be honest, I don't know if the tiger balm had any effect on it or not, but God, it smelled amazing. I found myself putting it on long after my elbow was fine, just so I could have a good sniff. Uh, for my last smell, I'd choose poison perfume. Wow, okay. I don't know why, but that smell really does something for me. I mean, it really does something. <laughs> I like, I like uh, poison perfume as well. That's what I used to buy Lisa as a perfume. Maybe it, uh, it contains the exact blend of pheromones that lights my fuse. Or it could be the memory of some past dalliance with a girl who wore it. But I love it. It's not very popular anymore, but occasionally I get a whiff of it as I pass a woman on the street, and mm, mm, I'm gone. <laughs> That's great. I bought a bottle for my wife years ago. She doesn't like it. And only wears it on special occasions. I don't mean parties or celebrations. I mean special occasions when we're home alone. <laughs> Maybe Christmas. Our anniversary, if it's a special one, come to think of it. That bottle's still pretty full. <laughs> stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay sticky. All the best, Scott. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so Scott's got some. Scott's got some home issues. <laughs> He's good. Well, I'm glad we gave him a place to. to some days I fill the tub with Tiger Balm and go. Don't bother me for an hour. Scotch <laughs> pie. Someone goes. Aren't you vegetarian? And they go. Shut up. <laughs> that's right that's right scottish are vegetarians too you can eat them <laughs> that's right i put a picture of a scotch pie on my bathtub <laughs> at the end just like a creepy russian man uh, louise writes fyi oh because we talked about uh musicals really? there's a musical uh a term in musical theater for songs that are performed by characters who know their scene uh, diegetic, 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 uh, diegetic, diegetic, exactly, diegetic. I, I, I take some uh, probiotics for that as well. <laughs> anyway, um, those numbers where they spontaneously burst into song are non-diegetic. Yeah. 
And confusingly for Ian, the sound of music has both. The lonely goat herd is diegetic, since it's a puppet show Maria and the children are rehearsing. How do you solve a problem like Maria is non-diegetic, as the nuns are just having a discussion amongst themselves, as is their habit. Louise! Louise, come on now. Habit jokes. Um, as Dave mentioned, you see diegetic... God damn it. I guess I keep having to say this word over and over again. I keep getting it wrong. Most often in backstage musicals, yeah. like 42nd Street... And also in people who eat, eat a lot of sugar. Yes. Or in any biographical jukebox musicals based on a singer or songwriter. I would say, like Jersey Boys. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Comfort food, then and now. Pancakes with bacon or sausage. Mm. Oh, that does sound good. Five smells. Do, 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 do. Five smells. Uh, Freshly <laughs> cut limes. Honey. Okay. Mm. I don't even think of honey as having a smell. That's interesting. Maple, vanilla, and baking bread. And with an honorable mention, two Christmas trees, <laughs> specifically Noble Furs. Oh, I love the band The Noble Furs in the 80s. So good. Uh, alarmingly, I was driving home from a store a few weeks ago, and I wondered to myself, what's a nice, comforting smell I'm smelling? Then I realized it was the smell of the hand sanitizer I just used. Wow. Stockholm. I wonder if, it's yeah, Stockholm I wonder if, hand sanitizer. Yeah. I'm wondering if we're going to have in the future. Uh, oh, yeah. Remember that? Mm, good times. Um, Edward Dragansky, Edward, I guess we must be at the end. Or are we? Mm. We'll see. You guys were discussing what actors uh, were paid to be on Sesame Street or the Electric Company. Uh, I remember that it was public television, and every now and again, the local affiliates would hold pledge drives to raise money since it wasn't uh, sponsored broadcasting. I can remember in fear of never seeing Sesame Street again during these pledge drives. I begged my parents to send something in. Anything to help keep Sesame Street on the air. They did look poor, the people on Sesame Street. That neighbor, it looked like a second away from being demolished. Um, I guess the pledge drive scared the shit out of seven-year-olds who thought their beloved Muppets would go away forever. Being public broadcasting leads me to believe that the actors who made appearances probably weren't paid much. These shows uh, depend on their viewers to support them as well as uh, donated grants. How many times do you remember hearing at the end of a PBS show, uh, this broadcast was made possible by a grant from the Chubb Group? I know, and I always laughed. It's always funny. <laughs> if you're so rich, why are you still called that? That's what I say. Um, <laughs> I had a copywriting teacher in college who gave us the inside scoop on working for PBS. He had actually written some of the newspaper advertising for the children's television workshop when Sesame Street premiered in 1969. He showed us a full-page ad that was very indicative of the advertising of the 60s and early 70s, the kind of raw shock ads that get your attention. <laughs> the headline read, Nobody Gets Killed on Sesame Street, in big, bold caps. Once that got your attention, the rest of the ad explained how different the show was from the harsh world at the time and its educational value to young viewers. What a great time in advertising. Well, someone got killed, and that was Mr. Hooper. There we go. I mean, they said it was natural causes, but, you know, Grover... They had some bad blood. Also, uh, Mr. Mr. Rogers uh, talked about murder at one point. Um, uh, my mom makes a chicken pot pie that is out of this world. It was my comfort food meal growing up. If I had to guess what was uh, made the pot pie exceptional, it's probably a toss-up between the large amount of chicken she used or the crust. My mom makes the best crust ever when she bakes. There were some pearl onions in the pies, too, something uh, else I really enjoyed. Hmm. I haven't had one in quite some time, but they were perfect to eat during the fall and winter months. 
If I had to pick an updated comfort food, my new favorites are my wife's thick cut center panko breaded pork chops with Japanese katsu sauce. That sounds great. Susan will also <laughs> make chopped oven roasted yellow potatoes with garlic and olive oil to go with that. Oh, why am I doing this show and not eating that? Everyone loves it. There's no, I, I have to make dinner after this. Everyone loves it. There's never any left. Now, if you're ever in Texas and you want local comfort food, that would be buttermilk biscuits and white sausage gravy made in an iron skillet. Made from the sausage grease with sausage crumbled into the flour, along with pepper, makes a thick white gravy, poured over hot biscuits. Very comforting. Hmm. I've actually given some thought uh, as to what my uh, olfactory senses would enjoy most, and I've posted this question towards others. So my answers uh, take no further thought at all. Number five, top smells. Number five, <laughs> old comic books. Okay. Number four, newly opened electronics, like a tuner or a disc player. Hmm. Number three, Play-Doh. Hmm. Number two, that does smell really good. I do huff Play-Doh. Number two, new 1970s plastic Star Wars figures right out of the package. Hmm. And one, my kids' little baby heads when they were infants. Oh, hmm. That is nice. Yeah. At work, uh, when we open something shipped to us uh, from our factory in China, someone will always smell uh, what's inside once it's unpackaged. Make a face and say, ooh, China, not a good smell. <laughs> really? Branding on that? Okay, fair enough. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Okay. Uh, Crystal uh, writes, a Crystal? Dave. <laughs> yes. I don't want to worry you. Uh-oh. Crystal's back. <gasps> All right, it's good. Why am, yeah. I, why am I worried about Crystal being back? No, no, she was just here a second ago. <laughs> she seems like she's hanging around. All right, well, let's, let's just be cool. Yeah. Okay, here we go. It's <laughs> going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Sure. Yeah, shake off that China thing as well. Uh, I love the Dark Shadows highlights, and anticipating the summary is a highlight of my week. Oh, okay. I started binge-watching Dark Shadows a couple of years ago, uh, starting from the beginning, and stopped wa and stopped watching when other shows captured my attention. Mm. Anyway, the weekly reviews have made me start to try to play catch-up, much <laughs> to the frustration of my husband. <laughs> I don't know how many episodes you watch a week, but I just can't seem to catch up. How many episodes do you watch normally a week, Dave? Oh, my gosh, so many, because I usually color for maybe three, four to five hours a night, four hours a night, around there. Depends what time I come outside. I usually color from nine-ish to one-ish in the morning okay so yeah so that you know it's a it's a half hour episode a little under a half an hour episode you know so whatever fits into that whatever so two per hour or three per hour i don't know it's a lot i just roll through them like this this like crazy because they're so short they're just like they feel like nothing when you're because i don't so our advice to you is color something yeah just do do something else while it's playing in the background is my advice like do something useful <laughs> <laughs> otherwise it really is like like it'd be crazy to watch as much as i i would never watch as much as i do if i wasn't like i, I you know if i wasn't only half half paying attention to it most of the time i just i wouldn't have the time either and it's very slow i feel like it's a very slow moving show quite often so like my my uh my um uh dark, dark shadows uh you know, descriptions or I think I pep it up a bit more than the show does. Cause I cut it a lot of, a lot of, uh, waiting around and a lot of repeating things. And of course, almost every episode begins with what happened in the last episode. 
But what's entertaining about it is they don't just show you what happened last episode. They react it again. Oh. So you get slight variations of what happened last time, which is kind of fun. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. Okay. Anyway, this is your chance to catch up, Crystal, because uh, this is a dead week. So, uh, so uh, watch, watch it and catch up. It's your only chance. <laughs> uh, the best part of the beginning of the series was that it was heavily focused on Victoria Winters mm-hmm. and the mystery surrounding her. This mystery, up until the last episode I've watched, is never fully explained. At one point, oh, we're getting kind of a dark shadows here. Good. This is making up for what we're not getting. Yeah, Excellent. yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing this, Crystal. Yeah. At one point, we discovered that Elizabeth Collins Stoddard had a daughter who was given away, and Vicky happens to fit all of the criteria of being that child. But there is no definite answer. I was so taken with Victoria Winter's character that I dressed up as her three or four years for a library program in the 1960s. Is that three or four years ago? Sorry? What's that? Is it three or four years ago? No, I dressed up as her three or four years uh, ago for a library program. Sorry. About the 1960s. Okay. But absolutely no one, especially children, had a clue who I was. <laughs> I'd be curious, like, I'd be curious, how how did you dress like Victoria Winters? I mean, her hair is probably her most, like, significant. Please send a picture if you have one. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. There we go. No pressure, but, no you know, pressure. I don't know you can describe it. Uh, I had a similar experience when I dressed as Lily Munster for Halloween. <laughs> Everyone who came into the library asked if I was Morticia Adams. Yeah, because it's a better even, character. They don't even dress alike. But I died. <laughs> Did you know that Laura Parker, Angelique, has written a series of Dark Shadows books that continue the story? I bought them for the library. Very few people borrow them with the knowledge <laughs> they were based on a TV show. Okay. I think just meant very, very few people borrow them. You just, you just kind of brought them in because you wanted to see them yourself. Laura As Parker, for- really, she is that's, she, she's a very lovely lady. And she always acts with this weird kind of smile on her face. It's kind of it's weird, but anyway. Well, maybe Dave will review those books when he runs it out of the episode. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to look look for them. Comfort food, cheese is always good. I don't remember having any particular comfort food as a child. Whatever was in the fridge was good, but I do like cheese, extra sharp cheddar, preferably. And sub question: Five smells: lavender, chocolate, <laughs> okay, cedar, Christmas trees. Oh, the second the second Christmas tree. Apples, but, but cedar, not pine. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's a bit of a t- apples and fresh cut lawn. I used to like the smell of ink on cassette tape inserts, <laughs> but I can only pick five smells, and I wouldn't want to waste a smell on antiquated technology. Even if Paul McCartney did release Egypt Station on cassettes, there we go. Nice bit of trivia at the end. Slip yeah. that right in. Yeah. Well done, you. Uh, nice. So thank you, Crystal, for your second letter of the show. Very nice. Now, David, do we have any emails? Well, we do, and one is sort of incidental to some of the... This is a different problem I was having last week. This isn't related to the internet. Last week, my my the company that we got our internet through and who also hosts my, my uh, email, they decided it would be a great idea to transfer all of their customers from the existing platform onto Google. Oh, and so it was a nightmare for two days of like trying to figure out what was going on and what we're supposed to do. And so I didn't have any email. And so so Ed sent in a backup. He said, I'm sending this backup email in case the Sneaky Dragon website ah. didn't have a chance to approve it. Just so you know, Ed, it's actually me who approves the 
the emails, not the, the site itself. I have to go in and match. If, if you put in too many links into a, or you change your, your uh, if you use like a brand new email address, then I have to approve it. Once you're approved, it'll always, it'll always uh, automatically um, approve your, your comments. As long as you don't throw in a bunch of links for whatever reason that, that uh, kicks off the, the spam detector and it, it puts you into Coventry until I release you. But what happened last week is because I was not getting any emails, I, A, did not see the, you know, uh, co uh, comments uh, w waiting for, for you to moderate. So I didn't see that notification. And then I also didn't receive, or, or when he sent the email, because I hadn't seen the one for the, the, moder the moderate the comment, I thought it was the one he'd sent the week before. Ah. And so I got kind of got mixed up. So I apologize that it was just I was it was me. It was all me. It's only only things can be all me. So so Ed said in answer to a question from last week, I did enjoy Attack of the Clones very much, even though I missed out on that second trailer due to Harry Potter. I remember the entire experience around the film most, waiting for it and following it online months before the release. The years between The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones was a huge internet growth spurt. So in a way, I remember Attack of the Clones as the first Star Wars film I was able to follow online by going to message boards and forums. It was like a watershed moment for Star Wars fandom. I had a really great time with the second Star Wars prequel. I wonder, if, to, to me personally, I wonder if that's where that movie kind of fell uh, short for me. It's kind of like when I saw Alien 3 after I'd read all these articles about the making of the movie and stuff like that. And then I saw the film. I was like, this is what all those articles are about. Well, that's the problem with Fangoria. <laughs> I don't think that was Fangoria, but anyway, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't watched Firefly because I think it's bad. Quite the opposite. Actually. I just want to give it the time it deserves. And it's still kind of funny to tell others that I've never seen it. To be clear, I'm quite certain I'll enjoy it. I have a friend whom I, Oops, sorry, he said who I've known. I'll say whom I've known since we were five or six. When we moved to Texas, he lived only two doors down from us. My mum remembers him coming to the door and asking to meet me. His name is Rusty... Oh, man. His name is Rusty Rotenberry? I guess what I'm going to say. I don't think it's Rottenberry. That doesn't sound right. Although it's Gene Roddenberry. Rusty Roddenberry? Anyway, both our younger brothers were close in age, so the four of us were inseparable. You know those movies where the friends talk to each other on walkie-talkies before bedtime? Rusty and I did that. We played with Hot Wheels, G.I. Joes, and we saw Star Wars together for the first time. I still see Rusty and his family from time to time, and it's like, we just pick up where we left off. He's probably the most well-adjusted, happy guy on Earth, with a permanent smile on his face. I think the chemistry to our friendship was that our families were close. We did lots of stuff with the Roddenberries, celebrating Christmas, went camping, went to church, and were in scouts together with my dad as scout leader. Rusty could sing too, and was in choir. He sang like an angel. I couldn't sing. I sounded like a deaf cat having angry sex with two other cats. So, <laughs> so when we were in church, I stood as close to Rusty as I could, and nobody knew the difference. I had a history with some real backstabbing sons of bitches over the years, but Rusty was the first and the greatest, and I'm always sure to remind him of it. That's nice. A funny thing my wife and I discuss about our past genealogy is that her roots run deep with theologians and scholars, one going all the way back to the Knights Templar, whereas mine are all circus performers and vaudevillians. No joke, my dad's mother's side was named 
Galetti, and around the late 1800s to early 1900s, Giacomo Galetti owned a traveling monkey, dog, and bird act in vaudeville. Giacomo, no, I'm saying Giacomo, is it Jack, Giacomo, Giacomo, it doesn't matter. Giacomo was known as the European bird monarch from his famous bird act and briefly joined P.T. Barnum Circus. Rumor has it that they even performed for the emperor of China. My dad has kept a very extensive detailed genealogy on all this and can pretty much track their act over their most active years. He has photos of the act gifted to him from relatives. They show chimps and baboons who are trained to cut hair. <laughs> what? <laughs> trained to cut hair? <laughs> what? Okay. What is... Okay. They had a barbershop scene. They had trained to cut hair and box one another. The bird act had... Who did they train on? <laughs> Other, they had like they had a another uh, baboon coach who was coaching him. Okay, and he would have those little gloves that they hold up, you know, and that they punch into the little punching. The, the, you know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. well, how would they when they're doing it go like so? How's business? What's going on? <laughs> well, that that's that's the haircut. Time? That's the haircut, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. And then the one admits that it's he's never wanted to be a barber. He's always dreamed of being a lumber chimp. Out in the forest of British Columbia, anyway. Um, so he had a, 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 the Bird Act had cockatoos that were dressed as firefighters, trained to put out a burning dollhouse, and the dogs were trained to drive little cars. One of the Gladys also married Mignonette Coken, who was a world famous dancer. But her blood doesn't run through me; just the monkey blood, as my grandmother used to say. <laughs> Google Galetti monkeys and you'll see a fair amount of posters and stories from the show folk side of my family. And so he's put some links in his comment so you can go to the website to 484 and follow those links. And Ed finishes by saying, Now, if you'll excuse me, the moment I've been waiting for is finally here. Zack Snyder's Justice League premieres tonight. Maybe you guys have heard of it. I have heard of it. I'm not watching it till it's free. I've been through it. I got through it. <laughs> you got through it. I got through it. But you had to pay for it, right? Like $30 or something like that? No, it was free. Oh, it was free? Yeah, it's free. On 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 uh, Crave or whatever. Yeah. Oh well, what the hell? I guess I will watch it. <laughs> well, yeah. You know what? Actually, that would be a good thing to have on while you're coloring, if you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've already seen most of it, I suppose. Uh no, no, you haven't. <laughs> okay. There's very little from the uh, last version that's in this one. There's a couple of things, scenes I don't like uh, have still made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have made the journey. Of course, of course, not all good. Yeah. yeah. But you know, there you go, and see what you think. Okay, I'll give it. Some a people, look. some people really, really, really like it. Mm, I'll give it a look. See, some people really like it. <laughs> okay, yeah. they really like it a lot. You make them sound like they're not well. No, no, they're fine. They're okay. good people, and they all deserve uh, good things. They deserve a they're second alive. chance. They deserve. And listen, if this isn't the Superman for you, there's another. There's a Superman TV show that you can watch. It's fine. Sure. You don't like that Flash? There's a Flash TV show for you. You're fine. <laughs> you don't like that Wonder Woman? Oh, there's lots of other Wonder Woman stuff out there. Go. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. You're gonna be fine. There's so much Batman. It's ridiculous. It's <laughs> true. True. All right. So uh, Brent Tannehill wrote. His uh, heading is Q O T W. Question of the week. Ah. And Brent answers his own question. He says, if I could only have five smells, here's what i choose. Fresh baked bread. Or even better, the smell of bread still baking, but almost mm -hmm. done. I don't think the variety matters much. They all smell good. I just want to interrupt to say, when I was a child, when I, my mum, when we were very young, would bake bread. And so it was always so wonderful to come home from school 
and come and walk into the house and smell the smell of, of fresh baked bread because you knew that you were going to get hot buttered bread, which is the best. <laughs> basil. The smell of basil, or is it basil? Basil. Please say it like uh, like it's Walty Towers. Basil. Basil. The smell That's of it. the smell of basil. Basil. <laughs> yeah. The smell of basil when the fresh leaves are crushed or stepped on in my garden. Cooking onions. My nephew, who worked at Disneyland, said that some of the outdoor restaurants have constant onions cooking with the smell blowing out onto the sidewalk to entice customers. I think they do the peony as well with the the burger stands and stuff. Mm -hmm. Sin smells are also tastes. I feel like I'm wasting a taste here, but I really love the smell of alder wood smoke. Because I'm so frugal, I always barbecue with hardwoods instead of charcoal or gas. And alder is my favorite smelling wood. That's interesting. I live in Alder Grove, but we do not have alder trees here, or much, or many of them anyway. Mostly we have horrible cottonwoods, which are just garbage. So to me, that doesn't sound very cheap, cooking with hardwoods. So you must live in a place where you can go and cut some down, because uh, just going to the store to buy hardwoods is not cheap. Final smell, fresh ground coffee, to which I say, blah. Fresh ground coffee during and right after grinding. I wish coffee tasted as good as it smelled. (laughs) When I win the lottery... I'm going to pay someone to stand around all day long and grind coffee in my kitchen. (laughs) That's always a good one. I like that kind of comment. When my ship comes in, I'll have fresh bruns every day. Now we get Jonathan Bampton writes. Jonathan, two-time winner. Question and answer show. Hi, Dave and Ian. My favorite smells. Assuming we also get pure, unadulterated, life-giving air on my desert island, NO2CO2H2AOAR, or whatever it's called these days. I don't know if we want to put argon in there, but okay. I would also request the following scents in no particular order. Pineapples. I absolutely love the scent of the fruit itself and its outside husk. In fact, I find the very shape and texture delightful. But Lord knows, I'm not a fan of its taste. Can't for the F workout why. Why is that? They do say 80% of flavor is down to smell, but in this instance, at least, it doesn't explain my aversion at all. Two, the smell of my twin boy's hair after it's been freshly washed. Hmm. Yeah, that's very nice. Uh, not your kids. But I'm just thinking of my own daughters. I have not smelled your boy's hair. I've not, <laughs> not flown to Australia and creeped, creeped on your boys. That would be weird. And expensive. Uh, there's cheaper kids I can creep around here. So, uh, No, I, uh, that was a wonderful smell. I, love, I loved uh, bathing my daughters when they were kids. And those, those are just wonderful smells. Actually, maybe it's just the general baby head smell. They've also turned 12 months, and I'm not sure how long new baby smile lasts. It also has the benefit of instantly reminding me of their adorable smiles. Very nice. Number three, a freshly cut suburban lawn. Yes, it's a very nice smell as well. Four, petrol, or as we know it here, gas. I'm ashamed to admit I enjoy the smell of the melted-down dinosaur nectar. Ashamed both because of the destruction of our planet that it represents, and also because petrol is a drug of addiction for far too many, and I don't want to make light of it. But it has always been an extremely pleasant pleasant smell to me. I'm not a fan of chemicals in general, so I can't pin it to liking sharp, acidic smells in general or anything. But if they could reduce the smell and strength by, say, 30%, I'd deliberately go out of my way to walk by a petrol station every day. (laughs) <laughs> I also do like the smell of gas, uh, gasoline. I don't know why. As a kid, I loved it too. Like I loved when my dad would put it into the lawnmower and you could smell it. I would stand behind it's a car good. with the exhaust going and breathe deep <laughs> until they told me you'll die. Like, oh, I guess I shouldn't. I shouldn't, do, I shouldn't do that. Yeah. 
Number five, the indelible olfactory orgasm one has upon entering an Australian slash New Zealand bakery. Meat pies, sausage rolls, freshly baked bread, vanilla slices, coffee scrolls, neenish tarts, and in recent decades, a gentle coriander waft associated with the banh mi, all making a bakery the place to be, more often found in non-urban areas. Yeah, I do also like a, a bakery small. My favorite bakery small is a, a French, a Parisian bakery. I love that small. He finishes by saying, Dave, pray tell, any gentleman of elegant leisure news? Well, I'll tell you that I did pass on RJ's good wishes to to the gentleman. And so when I told that to Jason, he said, well, I have been getting emails from Dave about this. Or, yeah, Dave. So if Dave's in, I know Fred is more than in. So I, I we may see a rebirth of the gentleman in the next little while, everybody. Once, once the COVID uh, nightmare is over. So uh, keep your fingers crossed if you're a fan. And I will, I will continue to hound Jason about it. <clears throat> and uh, let me just go back to my main page because I believe, I believe that is all. Yep, that is all the questions, uh, all the emails this week. So there we go. Very everyone. good. Thank you all for writing emails so I could, I could read them out. I appreciate that. Now, uh, the word I was thinking about for the smell uh, when rain falls on dry soil yeah. is petrichor. Mm, that's right. It, it is a split word. It's from the Greek uh, petra, meaning rock, and ichor, which is the fluid that flows in the veins of the gods in Greek mythology. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. People, really, people really like that smell. Whereas I, oh, I love it so much. I, it, really, it like, I hate that it, smell. It's, it smells like just thinking about it right now makes me feel hopeful. <laughs> yeah, but you really hate it. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. I don't like. I don't like it when it rains and then it, then sun comes out and it. it uh, and there's that kind of um, humid smell of rain. Oh, uh, I like the smell of rain. Like I like when it's raining out, but I don't like. Uh... And that, that kind of reminds me of like when I was uh, I talked to my dad about matinees because I would always go to matinees. Yeah, and he goes, "Oh, well, I hate a matinee so much." And I'm like, "Why do you hate a matinee?" And it's because uh, you're sitting in the dark. Then you come outside and it's sunny and it just gave him a shooting headache. Hmm. You would hate it. It would just make him feel ill yeah. coming out from a movie and it was sunny out and it's still daytime. <laughs> and I'm like, that's great. They got like, to me, it's just like, yeah, you got the rest of your day. It's fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, to me, to me it's one of those deep smells that's just like, okay, things are going to be all right. Yeah, that's not. And for you, it's, eh. So. <laughs> I have come a couple of smells people didn't mention that I, th- I thought was interesting. I, no one said popcorn, like movie popcorn, which I love the smell of movie sure. popcorn. And then the smell I like is a lot is crayons. Oh, that's interesting. That reminds- I'm not big on the smell of crayons, but I get what you're saying. It's yeah. a nostalgic smell for me because I used to love to to draw with crayons and color with crayons. So yeah, uh, I like the smell of a mimeograph machine. Mm-hmm. We're going to that kind of nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I like the smell of uh, an old bookstore. Yeah, sure. I love the smell of old books. I. I was actually just, I just opened up an old book the other day. It's, I worked to read it and I, and I stuck my nose in it and <laughs> sniffed it and said, ah, so nice. So yeah. Nice. Even though I, I've got like some old books in the next room that we're sorting through. And yeah, I just walked into that room. I was like, ah, this is nice. <laughs> ah, that's good. Um, yeah. Lisa so, went um, on uh, Tuesday. Lisa went to um, the island because there was a lady there. They downsized and she's like, well, come on over. I've got a few books here you might be interested in. And so Lisa went over in the ferry and, and uh, picked up. These, the books and I came home and she's like, "You're gonna kill me." And I'm like, "What's on?" She goes, "You're just gonna kill me." I said, well, "What did you do?" She goes, "Oh, I went and got those books." I said, "Oh yeah." And she she goes, "Well, go look in the back of the truck." So I go look in the back of the truck and there's like 15 boxes of 
books in there. Oh. <laughs> like, oh boy, we are we are already at space premium in our house. Like, there's no room for anything. Like, literally, there's yeah. no room. There's no room uh, everywhere. Every shelf that I need, I can't. Uh, it's overflowing. Like my all my CD drawers are so full. I have like all my Z, like all my Zs and Ys and Xs are all like piled up on one side of my my CD record shelves. I have no more room for records. I've got like three bi- three boxes of records sitting underneath uh, our hide a bed that Mary, uh, Eve's been using downstairs for some reason, and and books. Oh my god, books! They're just everywhere. In fact, I'm looking on the floor here in the shop where I I brought in books last night that I had sitting in in the in our TV room downstairs, and I brought them out here. Just I thought I could find maybe some space for them out here. <laughs> they're just sitting. They're just piled up on a chair and on the floor. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And you know what? I would. Go to a store tomorrow and buy more books. <laughs> so it's not, it's not going to stop anytime soon. There you go. My poor girls. My poor girls. <laughs> One day they have to get rid of all this stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or they'll just like put you on all the books and just light them on fire. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Darth Vader style. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Just get rid of me and a pile of books. A burning pyre of books. So here would be a question for next week that I would uh, suggest. Okay. Okay, sorry, I have my head turned uh, We discussed, like, Jessica Walter. We discussed uh, George Siegel. We discussed uh, Elliot Gould. Who is someone who is uh, an actor that you like, that you think people should know more about, that doesn't get enough credit? Who's an actor who's really great, who uh, doesn't get enough credit? So who's that person for you? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I've got one then. And for me, it's Bill Irwin. Okay, go ahead. Bill Irwin, yeah, I know you like Bill Irwin. Uh, he's a great, right? great guy. Um, oh. <laughs> what's wrong? Okay, oh, that's a different boy. person. Oh, that's Dave Irwin. Sorry. Dave. My question is: Was a movie made in your hometown? Ah, and tell us about it. Yeah, shot a movie once. My hometown. Everybody was in it. Miles around. <laughs> when you blow it high, dope. Um. So anyway. This, this brings us to the end part where we plug things and whatnot. Uh, by the way, if you want to answer those questions, oh, it couldn't be simpler. Go to our website, which is sneakydragon.com. You'll find there every episode of the show. You'll find under every episode of the show a message area. Just uh, give us your comment there. That's the easiest way. Unless you're a preferer of email, in which case, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com is the way to do it that way. You can go on Facebook, where we're under Sneaky Dragon. Boom, do that. Or go to Twitter, uh, Sneaky underscore Dragon is our address there. Or SneakyDragon.tumblr.com on Tumblr. Again, simple. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you, and uh, you know, let us, let us know what you think. And you can go off topic. It's fine. So we'll ramble a bit. Will Crystal write again? We'll see. We'll see. It was two the first time out. No one's ever started that hot before. We'll we'll see. I don't know if you can live up to that. Uh, Dave has been talking about doing some coloring, and what he's talking about is he is doing the coloring for the third in our Sparks a series of books, and it's called Sparks Future Perfect, as in like P-U-R-R, fact. Oh, what does that mean? What's it about? Uh-huh. Uh, but they have uh, announced when it's coming out, which is February 1st of next year. So, oh, is that uh, right? That's you a... can now pre-order from uh, some bookstores. Uh, it's out there. Yeah, the cover has not been released yet, uh, but uh, the description has been a little bit. 
So uh, if you want to go to your various bookstore uh, pages and look up uh, Sparks Future Perfect or look it up under my name, Ian Boothby, or Nina Matsumoto's name, uh, you should be able to find it. Or, you know, look up the first Sparks book and it should link you to uh, the second one, which is Sparks Double Dog Dare. That's one that's, uh, you know, we're kind of fresh and new. And then, uh, and then, yeah, this next one is coming out uh, next year, and this will be the trilogy. So uh, Dave is working hard on it right now. So if you want to see his colors, uh, they are as great as they've been in the other two books, and they're mm, good, and Nina Matsumoto's art okay. is amazing. And uh, I wrote it. That's So, so there you go. There's that. Um, well, I thanks. Do, uh, and that's, I yeah. just wanted to just quickly say that's a – that's a good time to come out. I'm I'm really looking forward to doing VanCaf next year. If that's uh, yeah, that's going to be on. That'll be really awesome. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do some signings and whatnot. That would be uh, that would be dandy. Yeah. So no more plagues, <laughs> please, guys. Please knock it off. Yeah. Settle down. Smarten up. Everyone's smart. Smarten up. That's what I'm saying to all of you. <laughs> um, and for those of you that have been smartening up, thank you for your smartening up. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, other other things that are out there that I've that I've done uh, that I'd like you to go to uh, Go Comics. Go to Go Comics. If you go to Go Comics, you will see all these free comic strips that are there, including the new Nancy strip, which is uh, so good. Uh, you can read some Far Sides. Some of them are new, uh, new Doonesburys and whatnot. And mixed up in there is one that I'm doing with my wife Pia Guerra uh, called Mannequin on the Moon. So look up Mannequin on the Moon. Go there. Uh, you can make a comment there if you feel like it. You can like it. You can do whatever you want. Uh, but we've been getting some very nice feedback, and uh, we're doing them daily. So uh, go comics, Mannequin on the Moon. There's the thing I'm doing. Uh, if you want to read a, a full comic book that P and I have done, uh, you can go to our website, which is hellkitty.com slash super, and you will. Uh, there's a pay-what-you-want comic book there about uh, a hospital that tends to the superpowered. So there's that to check out. And I have two books that are real in bookstores right now that are collections of my Exorcist, uh, Exorcisters uh, series that I do with Giselle Legacy. Uh, volume one is called Damned If You Don't. Volume two is called Kick Up the Darkness. They are both available in bookstores. And Dave, have you got any other podcasts you do? Well, I do uh, just like to point out that uh, by the time this, by the time this uh, show drops... Listening Party will be available. It came out a little late this week because of our internet issues. I apologize to our listeners for that. But please tune in because Mary and I, once again, have a real good time. And I did a, I thought it was a really fun, I've been calling them mini docs where I've been uh, kind of picking one group that kind of interests me and doing a little bit of a, a deep dive into their into their history or kind of going through and just play, just kind of play a few different songs from from the band to kind of go into their history, it's a, it's a lot of fun, and and I've been it's a late a late addition to the show. I wish I'd done it, start, thought of doing it earlier, but uh, it's been fun to do. So another one on this episode, and and uh, yeah, it's real good. And we had w- one listener write in asking for their us to play their their uh, their zodiac sign from the 1967's astrology album. So that'll be that'll be on the show as well. So so yeah, everyone, listen to Listening Party with Mary and me. It's a lot of fun. Please, please do. Uh, and uh, it's been a delight. Always uh, enjoy spending time with uh, my friend David here, and with uh, you uh, listening. It means it means a lot. These are weird times. It's nice to do this during the weird times, and we'll be doing it again during the not so weird times. Knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> we're planning on getting back together and doing these in person together 
hopefully around our 500th episode at least. So, then, will it happen? We hope so. We will if you're smart enough. Everyone, smart enough. Come on, get it together. <laughs> Don't make us come over and give you vaccines. We will. We'll do it. And then we'll take some glue and we'll seal up your noses so that you're not sneezing on each other. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, it's extreme measures. I'm sorry. I will glue a mask to your face. You're going to have to eat through your ears. That seems reasonable. Possible. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, that's all the show we've got. I've been Ian. I've been David. This has been Sneaky Dragon. And... Go about your business. Keep on sneaking.